1: We're here. I wish filling. I wish filling. What up, everybody? Welcome to the corner. We are coming at you from Insert Coins Bar and Arcade in downtown Vegas. Get ready for an hour of wrestling, boxing, and MMA talk. I'm Kel Dansby, journalist for BSO. And I'm Andreas Hale, journalist for a bunch of people. You've probably read my stuff. Google me, damn it. (laughs) Today we are talking about Canelo snatching Kirkland's soul. We're going to talk Broner signing on to fight Porter. We're talking changes for UFC 187 and Daniel Bryan not being in the WWE. Yeah, and we got a guest, too. We got a guest. Oh, we got a guest coming through. Yo, this is a good show today. But first... Mayweather Pacquiao breaks pay-per-view records, Duh. and Andreas can't wait to talk about him. He just loves talking Mayweather Pacquiao. No, he I don't. damn near is like Skip Bayless, and
2: he loves talking about it every day. You he won't let like, it die. What are we, admitting the show you're already disrespecting me with the Skip Bayless nonsense? Well, somebody on this Look, show got to be Skip Bayless. I, I ain't Skip you. Bayless. That's you. Look, I'm tired of talking about Mayweather Pacquiao, but the numbers did come in, and, yeah, it, it kind of, you know, Validates Mayweather and this fight and all this money he made and all these pay-per-view buys. I mean, I've heard reports 4.4 and they're still trending upwards. Yeah, it's supposed to finish around 5.4. Now, to put it in perspective, Canelo Mayweather did what? 2.3? 2.3 is the highest. Something like that because I know then we had Canelo. I mean, I'm sorry, Delahoy and Mayweather too. So, it just blew everybody out the wall. Oh, it doubled.
1: Doubled everyone. And... The fights actually weren't as good. The Canelo fight was better than this Pacquiao fight for Mayweather, and that wasn't too exciting.
2: But it was more exciting than this. No, I mean none of them. I mean Mayweather gets you once he has your money. It's not like he's going to give it back. He's going to do what he has to do to win the fight and stay undefeated, so he can make more money the next time. Word up! He's supposed to walk away with two fifty, two fifty, two seventy five. That's 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 a lot of money for thirty six minutes of work. A lot of money for for running. I mean, he's a boxer, man. Like he. Uh, he didn't run. He fought. He boxed. If he ran, he wouldn't hit Pacquiao more than, you know, Pacquiao hit him. You know, you can't really call him a runner. He no, boxed. He's a counterpuncher. That, he, that's what he is if we want to get technical. Yeah. He beat, you know, Pacquiao to the tune of $275 million. So, you know. Yo, for two seventy five though, though, that, that's a nice night's work. Kel, what would you do for $275 million?
1: Just, I'll, I'll get in the ring right now. Right now. Against Deontay Wilder with one arm tied behind my back. I don't think it matters if you had both hands free. I don't even need a chance. I will take the KO in front of everyone for $275
2: million. That's like nothing, though. Like, that's easy. I take the KO. I get You're just
1: going to get punched in the face? Get punched yes. in the face is easy? Yes,
2: for $275 million, you want to get punched in the face? I get punched wherever the hell you want to punch me exactly. $275 million. And, and made with a one. it made $275 million.
1: There's not, listen, there's not much that I know on this earth that people won't do for $275 million. That's. I mean, it's a lot of money. But people it, will punch their mama in the
2: face on national television and tell her she's going to like it for $275 million. I mean, I would. I think my mom would like it for $275 million. Sorry, mom. I would sock you in the face, for real, for real. <laughs> like, yo, two hundred seventy-five million dollars. You have, you just have to understand. Mom's gonna have to catch this fade for two seventy-five. Listen, I,
1: my mom's would be just decked out. I, she will have the finest contouring for the next three months while she got the black and blue eye. Because two seventy-five, we we're gonna split it. I go forward that
2: now. My yeah. mom will get the the Kim Kardashian contour. Yeah. And she'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love my moms, and but. I'd knock you the fuck out, Mom. Listen, for, for the Pacquiao 150. What well, do you think Pacquiao... Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. Do you think Pacquiao really made 150, though, knowing his <laughs> contract status with Bob Arum? He's not his own boss.
1: Bob took half. Half? He
2: didn't it's even like the, have to
1: fight. Yo, it's like, the, it's like the Eddie Murphy skit. Yeah. From back in the day. Half. Yes. Taking half, Eddie? Took it's, it all. Yo, is that. Bob gets half. It's a lot of money, man. The tax man gets the other Half. Pacquiao walks with about 25, 30, and he's happy. Cause you know what twenty five mil is in the Philippines?
2: A lot of damn money.
1: Oh shit. Your your great grandkids don't gotta work for 25 mil in the Philippines. Yeah. I'm not sure
2: if the Philippines is worth 25 mil. Nah, you know what? If I'm Mayweather and I want to be real disrespectful, I go buy the Philippines. I have the fight, I beat Pacquiao and be like, I've just bought your country. You're all mine. And I put
1: pictures of me everywhere.
2: Yeah. I'd be the president. The money would have my face on it. Money made with it, money in, in Manny Pacquiao's country. Yo, I'd be so disrespectful. I would buy the Philippines. And I know we have some Filipino listeners. I'm sorry, but I would buy the shit out of you. I would own all of you if I made Mayweather's money. We
1: love, we love the Philippines. I'd vacation down there. I'd make sure Manny would never be allowed back. Nope. Just, just everything out of spite. 200, like, man. 200 and seven, 275. Like, come on. Like, he could throw us a mill. Yeah. He got it. Come, come be a, a sponsor of the show. Just a mil, that's it. He made that in thirty seconds. Yeah, of that fight, thirty seconds.
2: Yo, I right, say he what got you got it. Say what you want about Floyd Mayweather. Once again, the man is a genius when it comes to this. You know pimping the sport of boxing and pimping you viewers who paid and are still pissed off saying i want my money back you ain't getting shit mayweather got 275 million dollars of your money and then if they have a rematch you're gonna buy it again
1: you know he's gonna have a rematch I you know it. people I are d- gonna buy it 50 and know yeah, listen listen 50 and 0. Pacquiao pacquiao's hurt he's gonna have two arms again skip bayless is going to be wearing the pom-poms People are going to buy it. They're going to think that Pacquiao, healthy, can touch Mayweather, and he's going to dance, and he's going to lump Pacquiao up, and he's going to walk away with another 200 mil. I In a calendar year, one calendar
2: year, he could make $600 million. I mean, that's crazy, but I don't think they're going to have a rematch. I just, I just don't. I think if I'm Floyd, and it's like, because all it really does, I know it's a lot of money, but when is it enough? It's never enough. Ah, shit. $250 million. And, I mean, I get it. Like, if he loses, then there could be a third fight and all this other stuff. But i I really looking at Floyd after the fight. I just don't think he likes to do this anymore.
1: No, he don't like it. But he likes the money. He likes the money more than he likes anything else on this earth. I don't know what he does. I don't know if he got a separate crib so he could just Scrooge McDuck. I would. Just straight swan dive into his money and do a breaststroke through it. I don't know what he does. But he loves it. Yeah, I don't know. And it was light work. I can understand if he got touched, if he got cut, he got beat up. It was a brawl. It was light work. It was easy. I mean, Pacquiao could have had six arms.
2: I posted he might on, not have touched. Him. I posted on my Instagram Robert Guerrero did a better job than Manny Pacquiao. Like, he hit him more than Manny Pacquiao did. Easy. Now, if Floyd allowed him to hit
1: him more, that, that may be the question. That's always the question. But Floyd, Floyd likes to allow people to hit him every now and then.
2: But look, we've talked so much about Mayweather Pacquiao, and so many people were pissed. But like I told everybody on social media, if you hated the Mayweather Pacquiao fight, you needed to turn to the James Kirkland Canelo Alvarez manslaughter. We told him on, a, on the podcast last week, don't complain
1: about Pacquiao Mayweather and paying 100 bucks if you're not going to watch Kirkland Canelo for free. Because everything you wanted from Pac May the, the week before, that's what Canelo was going to give you. Kirkland has no defense. No, nah, he just gets
2: punched in the face.
1: That's it. He gets punched in the face and said, I'm going to hit you harder than you hit me. Yo, And it, it hasn't worked in quite some time. Well,
2: no. I mean, it works against guys like Angulo. It's worked against, you know, like Glenn Tappy, who he beat the hell out of. Like, when guys can't hit him back, it works. But James Kirkland came in there like a bat out of hell without Ann Wolf, which that spells his demise from the front. That's the difference. But he came in there, and you realize how inferior he was. Like, he came in there like Mike Tyson with no technique. Footwork was terrible. Just winging wide. Every punch he threw was wide. And Canelo just kind of covered up, weathered the storm, I was like, all right, bitch. And, and puta, in and Mexican, went to beat the shit out of Kirkland. And, I mean, the knockout, it, like, like I said, it's like he crucified him for Mayweather pacquiao sins. Like, the way Kirkland was stretched out on the canvas, and then, like, Canelo went to celebrate, came back, was like, oh, shit, are you okay? Did I kill you? Yo,
1: Kirkland, the craziest thing is, is he said after the fight that he didn't know he was knocked out. What the hell did you think you were doing? cuz you were sprawled out in the middle of the ring like you thought the ref just stopped it. it was like yo hold on nap time yeah you just lay <laughs> down on your own accord took a quick nap popped back up it was like let's go no you got knocked out and it was like a video game it was like playing Mike Tyson punch out yeah he went down like last
2: show
1: <laughs> that shit was crazy yo canelo will forever have that on his highlight like the first highlight of canelo
2: from now until the end of time will be that knockout. You know who is the biggest loser of this, though? Because Kirkland, he loses big deal. 50 Cent. Oh, 50. God damn it. Like, 50 Cent had Kirkland and he had Gamboa, who got slaughtered by Terrence Crawford last year. So it's like, 50, you got to stop getting guys with these fragile jaws. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? 50, 50's been washed for a second.
1: So he can only get other guys who like G-Unit in 2001, 2003. Like, Gamboa and Crawford both look like two dudes. Or excuse me, and Kirkland. Both look like two dudes who rocked the G-Unit wife beaters. Oh, the the boobie. The, the yeah. <laughs> it looked like they wore those in 2002, and they had the G-Unit, like, Reebok joints. They look yeah. like those guys. Kel, and
2: they had your bow jeans still. Kel, did you have a, a G-Unit
1: tank top? I did not have a G-Unit tank top. Lion, lying. I know no, you had a G-Unit yo, tank top. Yo, I had top. the kicks, though. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, G-Unit had, kicks. I had the kicks. <laughs> the white and blue joints. It was the hard. But to be fair... Banks was spitting back then. So, you know, I had to support Lloyd Banks. You
2: know, justify it. I had to support Lloyd Banks. You think think, uh, James Kirkland got some G Unit paraphernalia? Oh, currently.
1: (laughs) Yo, there's warehouses full of that right now. 50 Cent pays him in G Unit memorabilia. Damn. And fake spinny chains. That's terrible. Yo, I'd rather be Young Buck right now than Kirkland. And that's a statement. That sucks. Yo, what about Hot Rod? Oh, God, no one wants to be Hot Rod. Hot Rod doesn't want to be Hot Rod. Olivia? Olivia's doing better. She had love in hip-hop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she was aight. Like, Olivia had rich dollars for a second. No, but uh, here's a question. Can 50 Cent ever re- Is he ever going to be like a real? Because, look, look. Rappers as boxing promoters, if your name's not James Prince, who people forget who James Prince is, but if you- rappers as boxing promoters are terrible. Remember when Dame Dash was a boxing promoter? Oh, yeah, that was horrible. And I mean, he had Jay's Jayden, trying now. Bro. He had Jayden Covington, who got flatlined by Alan Green. So it's like... Uh, Jay's different because it's not Jay Z's running. Yeah, yeah it's not, Dave Iskowitz who runs exactly, Rock Nation. He's not Jay just hands loves on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Fifty Cent is hands on. You know what I'm saying? And like it's
1: not it's not ending up well. Fifty, it's weird. Fifty got the golden touch for himself. Not anymore. And for everyone, I mean, he's still making money. I'll switch bank accounts with him right now. I mean, I will too. But so I mean, it is what it is. But for everyone else around him, it collapses and it collapses fast. Like you're you're dope when you get to fifty and you just fall
2: off quick. Banks hasn't had a hot verse in like six years. Damn. Sorry, Lloyd. Please please come back and have a hot verse so Kelo can be happy again because he's was he, the biggest fan. Yo, he crushed me,
1: yo. That's <laughs> the Lloyd Banks, Volume 1. I had that mixtape. I remember going to a barbershop and copy that mixtape.
2: Man, all right, so look. Now, the question that we have to discuss here is now everybody's concerned about boxing and where it's at. We do this every time we have a mega fight. Ah, boxing's dead. After Canelo fights, there are so many possibilities – for big-money fights with Canelo Alvarez. Like, right off the bat, the first thing I begged for was Canelo and Cotto, which I've been talking about forever, which I figure is going to happen. But the other fight we're talking about is Canelo and Triple G.
1: Canelo and Triple G is the better fight. It's the more exciting fight. It's the bang for our buck, per se. It's the fight people want to see. Canelo and Cotto has that nostalgia. Puerto Rico, Mexico, they'll show a million fights of the Puerto Rico versus Mexican rivalry. They'll say it's back. Cotto will look decent in his next fight, and obviously I'm picking him to win. Everyone's picking him to win, but he's not in Canelo's class anymore. Cotto's is still good; he's good, but he hasn't beat someone legit in their prime in a long time. Well, and it could get ugly. Who was in their prime,
2: Martinez? I mean, no, Sergio was on a bad wheel, so we can't. I mean, but Cotto's look good under the tutelage of Freddie Roach. Cotto's look good; he's look better. He's fighting Daniel Gill on the sixth, and you know, in New York at Barclays, which is. Which is actually a tougher fight than most people are talking about because people don't know Gil, and most people who've seen Gil knows he got destroyed by Gennady Golovkin. But exactly. then again, who has it? So it's like, Cotto Canelo's a very interesting fight at 160 pounds because it's going to be fun. It's a bigger money fight right now than Canelo and Triple G. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? way bigger money fight. And I'd love to see that at Cinco de Mayo next year.
1: No, that'd be great. I mean, I don't want to wait until next year to see it. I don't know who they fight in the meantime. Like, there's another... Mexican holiday and it's Mexican Independence Day. Floyd fights on it. September 13th. Maybe Floyd's not ready and Canelo swoop in
2: and take that date. Uh, that could happen. You see, there's a couple of scenarios I see with Canelo and it's one of them is obviously Cotto and the other one's Triple G, but the third one is Manny Pacquiao. Okay. I'm very interested because there's a lot of people still think Manny Pacquiao even though he lost to Floyd, he's still in top five pound for pound. Canelo's not on a lot of people's top ten pound for pound list. And you know beating Kirkland doesn't necessarily put you there. But a Canelo Pacquiao fight on Cinco de Mayo next year when Pacquiao's healed up, if the Mayweather rematch doesn't happen, I don't know what the hell weight they fight at. It have to be some kind of crazy catch weight maybe 150. 150, I don't know. 150, but we saw
1: what Canelo looked like against Mayweather. I mean, when May- he had to it's, come it's lighter. A, it's
2: a different
1: fight. But Canelo's a different fighter when he has to drop weight. Like 154 and up is his weight because he'll come in the next day at 175 and he'll be throwing Bombs. Yeah, but Pacquiao ain't fighting him in 154. No, he's not. So, so I don't think Can- Canelo's never going to drop again. He saw what his body did against Mayweather. Like, hearing the punches against Mayweather that landed compared to the punches even in his next fight that landed against Angulo or even when he hit Lara, the brief times he hit Lara. <laughs> right. And just hearing the force behind it, it's a different world. Yeah, I mean, either way, i love to see it.
2: And... The Canelo Cotto aspect of it, where do they fight? Oh, they fight at- the MGM. They're, they're, there's no doubt about. it. They do not fight in New York. You do not take your top guy, Mexico. Rock Nations, Rock Nations, letting it happen. Hell yeah, because Cotto's already got his money. He's he's making he made his money up front to fight. Why? Because Cotto's not going to be the A side of that fight. It's Canelo because Jay wants the Barclays to be the Barclays and he not gonna wants happen. it to be the not- new Mecca. It's going to be at the MGM. You have that fight in the Mecca of boxing, which is Vegas. You have it at the MGM. The Mexican contingency is bigger here. This can, this can be Canelo's new home. When Floyd Mayweather's picture comes down off the MGM, they're going to put Canelo's ass up there. Well, Canelo's new home will be across the street.
1: Oh, yeah, the arena. That's true. Yeah, but, so Canelo can make his stamp over there and be perfectly fine. Unless your boy A.B. steps up or something. No, The but home um, of Broner? Imagine Broner's face
2: just grilled out on the front
1: of the new I'm arena. So
2: douchebag. <laughs> like, yo, everything would be blinged out in the, the fucking MGM. No, I wouldn't even go there.
1: Yo, it'd be, it'd be I, like, I
2: would love to see that. Just out front. Hold on, hold on. Pops, brush my hair. Yeah, no. I'm. What? I'm, I'm cool on that. But, yeah, Canelo Cotto happens at the MGM. It it just does. Talking
1: about all these young fighters, it's time for our pound-for-pound lists. And this week, we have top five fighters under 30. Let me clarify this. Top five boxers under 30. No UFC guys. Sorry for MMA fans. Not this week. Top five boxers under 30. It could have been 25, but there's so many good fighters in the interim, 25 to 30. It's stacked in that age bracket. So we had to move it up to 30. Um, I'll go with my list first. I always go first. Of course. Just in case you had to ridicule me for being correct. As usual, Rocky Marciano. And this week, I got a tie for fifth. So, I'll start at my tie. I don't want to hear about, yo, that's six people. No, I don't care. All right, go ahead. I can have a tie. Tie for fifth, Deontay Wilder, Mm -hmm. who's barely under 30, and Abner Morris. Morris? Morris. Okay. He could have been six. Mares, I have faith in him. He should have fought on the Floyd undercard. He wasn't ready. Him versus Leo, great fight.
2: I, I, it should have been some lead up to it. Is, wait, Leo Santa Cruz is not on your list.
1: Correct. I but think Adam Mares, Mares be- is
2: good. I think Mares beats Santa
1: Cruz, but that's a topic for a different okay. podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> four Canelo, yes. Canelo's four, mm-hmm. three. Roman Gonzalez. And for people that don't know, Roman fights mm-hmm. one twelve. He's actually going to fight here coming up, I believe. Uh, great fighter, 36 knockouts, 42 fights. I had to look that up early. I was like, yo, I feel like he knocks everyone out. True. And at that weight, to have power, incredible. Mm-hmm. And, but he doesn't have the frame to, like, bulk up. Like, you see Pacquiao start mad skinny and people bulk up. The max he's going to get up to is, like, 120. Right. You know, 120-something, 130-something max. So that's a guy under the radar, but I think he, he deserves that third spot. Two Terrence Crawford he's in there. A lot of people put him at 1. They think he's like overly dominant. They love his style. Think he's the next guy. If he stays at 140, I believe so. 147 is no we'll man's see. land. Interesting. So, uh, 1 Keith Thurman. Okay. 1 time. I, I'm not Broner's not on my list.
2: No though sh- sh- Shout out to him. I, I considered it, but I was like, yo, I can't do it cuz no it's way. not it's not true. All right. So, yes, Keith Thurman sits number 1 on my list and Terence Crawford number 2. Um we got something in common. For once. Uh, Abner Mars doesn't belong on that list. If you're going to pick anybody who's smaller, actually, let me just keep going. You got uh, three. Canelo at number three, and I'll put Deontay Wilder at four. Um, Abner Mars doesn't belong on that list. Uh, a man who does belong on that list, who's about to th- turn 30, who, who's on the cusp of turning it over is Nicholas Walters. Okay. That dude. is. He would be cutting it close Yo, on son. 30. I'm saying. But when you're a fighter whose name is the Axe Man, you should be on somebody's list beating the shit out of people. And Walters is 25 and over 21 knockouts. He's put the brakes on Donaire. He's just he beats a lot of people and he fights soon. So and I didn't pick him to win that Donaire fight, which was crazy. I mean, you know, a lot nobody of people
1: didn't know nobody yeah, knew who he was. A lot of people were enamored with Donaire. And I would say I was one of them, and I liked his style
2: and stuff. Didn't hold up at all. You know what? I'm sorry. Derrick ended his run. That his career might not yeah. be the same. Actually, you know what? I got to move Walters back because Roman Gonzalez has to be. He's he's like three. That guy's a killer. Oh, he's a beast for that size. <laughs> he's a he's a, he's beast. a killer. So yeah, um, Wilder Wilder falls off my list. Well, actually, Wilder holds at five. Nicholas Walters fall off my list. I got to see a little bit more Nick. I think he's a great fighter. I like to see him move up in, in weight. But yeah, it's not it's not too hard. There's some great fighters. I mean, like again, one of the guys. Names who I've been singing his praises is Errol Spence Jr. If you haven't watched Errol Spence fight, he's going to be the next big thing. The cat is great and I've heard numerous stories about him and him in the Mayweather gym giving people the blues, including Floyd. So Keep your eye out for Errol Spence, but, yeah, he's, he's still got a ways to work before he walks That's the key. It's like, yo, who have you fought so far? Yeah. But you can see it. Like, when they got it, Easy. you can see it. It's Easy. like Keith Thurman. People have seen that forever. Well, yeah, you saw Keith Thurman just beating the brakes off of old man when he was a kid. Have you seen any of those videos? Yo, it's, he's always had it. So, I mean, you just look and you'd be like, yeah, it's only a
1: matter of time. Right. And uh, Broner not on the list, though, yo. Broner's nah. not making that list. But you know what?
2: Because he's fighting Sean Porter on June 20th. I mean... First of all, who you have in that fight?
1: Yo, I'm I'm going to take I'm going to take Broner in that fight by a narrow decision and I'm going to say it's a controversial decision. And I'm not confident in that, you know. I think Porter has he has the ability to beat Broner. He has the ability to be wildly aggressive and hit him and, and pummel him. But will he do it? I Sean is very hit or miss to me like it's all attitude is which sean shows up and i thought he had one hell of an attitude coming into his last fight even with the replacement fighter and all so i, I went to la or mm. you know i was in cali for that fight and i saw him. and it looked great but it's like yo why don't you turn it on against the elite people like that too or why why wait a couple rounds to turn it on like you have the potential to just really dominate people and uh i wonder if he you know really turns it on for broner but if broner starts talking trash if he just popping shit then I'll change my prediction at that point.
2: Well, you know Broner's going to talk trash just the battle for Ohio. He's two casts from Ohio. If he talks shit to Porter, I'm changing so, my, my prediction. Here's my thing about Broner, and this is what I think we're going to see, and I'm calling it now, and if I'm right, I'll talk about it on the show after the 20th. Adrian Broner's about to try to turn to Floyd Mayweather. He's about to start fighting at a distance. He's not going to get any wildfire fights anymore. He's going to box. He's going to attempt to box. Whether he can do it is going to be the question. And Sean Porter's one of those guys who's going to put pressure on Adrian Broner. And Broner fights flat-footed, and that's always been my problem with him. He's, he doesn't move his feet enough. Yeah, people's like, well, he looked good against Molina, but Molina's slow as shit, so I don't really put too much stock in that. Um, I think that Sean Porter's going to pull this one out unless Broner finds a way to stink it out. If he's better, a much better boxer than I think he is, he has a chance.
1: I think he's going to stink it out, and I think the judges are going to lean towards his style of fight. I, I think Porter's going to throw a lot and miss a lot. I
2: don't see. I don't know if Adrian doesn't get his head out of the way. If you if you watch Broner fight, he doesn't move his head a whole lot. You know, he's there for you to be hit. He'll lean back, and if Porter can catch him, I got I kind of look at their reach. I got look at some physical things, but I don't know, man. Like I think Broner is going to try to stink it out. I just don't know if Sean Porter is going to let him. And the fact that this fight is on free television. Everybody should watch this fight because hopefully there'll be a great build for this because hopefully Broner t- starts talking and hopefully Porter portrays himself as a good guy and just shoots back. Like, I'm going to beat your ass, bitch. That's
1: yeah, it. Broner's going to, you if he shit talks, he's going to be in a world of trouble. Yeah. The best thing he can do is try to be humble at least a little bit. You know, as humble as Adrian Broner can be, you know what, shit talk everything else besides the opponent. He, talk he. about your grill. Talk about your money. Talk about throwing it at girls. Talk about anything else. Don't talk about how you're going to kick Sean Potter's ass because Porter's going to come in there and put it on you. Yeah, I, like I said, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be an amazing fight. Yo, when we come back, though, we're talking MMA. Yes, sir. And we're talking UFC 187. We got to touch on your boy, John Jones. Crazy ass, yeah.
2: That loser.
1: Yo, he, he hit in the background due to Mayweather Pacquiao. We got to out him real quick. And then we're talking about the replacement, all that good stuff. And we got a guest. Yes, we do. guest coming through. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Saturday, May 23rd. Hiatus Coyote here with Insert Coins. Performing the Choose Your Weapon album. It's the tour. It's hitting Vegas.
1: You cannot miss it. Tell them about it, Cam. Yo, Real Music, come out and support Insert Coins, downtown Las Vegas. You know, we're going to be here. You better be here, too. Once again, it's May 23rd. I better see y'all here. Word up. All right, all right. Welcome back. You're listening to The Corner. I'm Kel Dansby. And I'm Andreas Hale. And we are talking UFC. We actually just finished up on the UFC conference call before recording this. I talked a little bit to DC, talked a little bit to Rumble, Chris Weidman. Came out of the woodwork, you know. Finally, not injured, mm-hmm. so you know they said some dope stuff. It's crazy. Rumble actually said, uh, "D.C. is a tougher matchup for him than John Jones would have been." What? And did he explain? the Cormier? He, ex- I mean, did Rumble explain why he Cormier? went into that? Yeah, he said because D.C. is a grinder. He's like they both have a wrestling background. It can end up a lot like that Phil Davis fight, where it's just an energy drain. He says John has the length. He wants to stay at a distance. He wants to strike. And that fight could be over way quicker. You know, he, he'd rather strike
2: than lay on the ground and, and grapple someone for 25 minutes. He, he might be having flashbacks of the Koscheck fight. When Rumble fought Josh Koscheck, and got put on his back for three rounds.
1: Yeah, he he doesn't like it. He doesn't like the magic. He, he thinks it's a tougher matchup. Definitely. You know, D.C. has to prove that he has the conditioning to go five, which is the true question because he looked decent enough through the first three rounds of of John Jones. But that fourth and fifth, he got
2: crushed. He, you lose gas versus Rumble in the fourth and fifth, you get knocked out. I mean, does Rumble have this, the conditioning to go five? Oh. That's the question we really got to ask ourselves, because when have we seen Rumble go past the second round?
1: No, nah, we haven't had to. But, I mean, I, I trust the, Brazil, the uh, Black Zillions camp, and, and Rumble looks good. And maybe it's just because Rumble looks like he's in more shape than D.C., is that I mean, bad? Like, it's kind of a given. When a guy a has, favorite. like, yeah. <laughs> like the little belly pudge and everything, like D.C., and I, I'm a D.C. fan, I like, I like watching
2: him fight and everything, but, yo, it just doesn't look like he's in the greatest of shape. Yeah, he never does, but he's got, a, he's got that, you know, small pudgy wrestler body, and he's yeah. always going to have that, but he's still athletic, and he's still getting better, which is crazy. If you kind of watch him, he's getting a lot better uh, covering space. He's, he's getting better with the stand-up. It is a more interesting fight in, in, a, in a very particular way. I think Rumble was taking a look at John Jones' last fights with, like, his boxing sucks. I can touch that chin. DC's a little different. Once you get close, DC's going to wrap you up and try to take you down. Um, so I kind of get where, where Anthony Johnson's coming from. Um, but John Jones is still the best pound for pound fighter in the universe before he did cocaine and a bunch of other stuff.
1: Actually, he was best pound for pound while doing cocaine and a bunch of Which other stuff. Which makes him a special guy. Um, oh, stupid, but special. Yeah, we got to talk. Hold on. We, we'll pause the yeah. UFC. 187 Talk. We got to talk about John. John. Uh, we got to talk about John Jones. and We got to talk about him just wilding out. And finally, some of the details that came out and everything that we didn't know before. And now he's gone MIA. He's on the back of a milk carton. Canceled everything. No social media. He's gone.
2: He cue, has to be. Cue the Timberlake music. He's got to go. He's, I mean... That dude needs to hide somewhere. He needs to be he needs to go to like a Shaolin Monk temple. Yeah, yo. And he, chill. He needs to be in rehab. Well, yeah. No Amy Winehouse. Like, he he needs to be well, in there. Amy Winehouse is dead.
1: So he doesn't need to even go that route. Yo, but, he, um, he needs to he needs to be in rehab. He needs help, yo, because it's not going to turn around with him just sitting in the house counting the money that he still has, laughing all the way to the bank. Yo, how much do you think he spent on Coke with his money and hookers? Do you buy your own Coke? I don't know people that do Coke. I mean, it's just something I haven't been around. Like, Yes, you buy your own Coke. Listen, I know people that don't buy their own drinks. Like, That's do you true. buy your own Coke? I figure I, it's social. Like, hey, you want to come chill? If you're partying chill, you by, your by
2: yourself, you buy your own Coke. Well, you John looks like by the type of guy who parties by editing. himself. Yeah, he'd probably party by himself.
1: Yo, doing Coke by yourself
2: has to be the loneliest shit in the world. Like, Coke can't even be fun by yourself. Nah. I don't know what John thinks about when he does Coke. I'm sorry, John Jones. It's just you're you're a target right now. But the fact that you have done all this dumb shit and have basically destroyed your career, you deserve all of this. So hopefully, you're not listening to a bunch of podcasts because it's just gonna make you feel worse.
1: He got shit else to do. He might as well listen to our podcast. I mean, he can. He could be
2: a guest and
1: whatever. But yeah, well then I'm just asking about Coke and be like, Yo, John, uh, one. Do you buy your own Coke? <laughs> do You buy your own Coke. Two, if you do, can you use credit
2: cards? Would your cocaine dealer? That was our question from last podcast. Yeah, like, why'd you have, like, goddamn money in your car? Where are yeah. you going at night with a, with a, a, a car full of cash? And cash and condoms. Shout out to the married guy. Like, what he is, is married what with is a car full
1: of condoms? Guy. I'm not going to, you know, listen, I don't know his life. But if you carry a crazy amount of condoms in your car and you're married, I'm saying they're not for your wife. No. I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say John was dabbling in some of
2: New Mexico's finest. Ew.
1: Yeah.: I'm sorry.
2: If any of our listeners are in New Mexico, can you please explain to me if you guys have beautiful women out there? Because I just don't believe it. I, I, can't, I can't imagine they have the best uh, pay-for-play women in the no. world. If you're going to go pick up some, you know, some working girls, I, just, I wouldn't go to Albuquerque. Albuquerque just sounds like it has a disease. Yo, doesn't John just look like the
1: cornball type of dude who flies chicks in on a regular, though? Yeah, like, like him and Drake. Yeah, him yeah, like him and Drake together. Him, Drake and James Harden. Like I feel like if you can cross paths with one of them, you're gonna get a trip somewhere. Yeah. like they'll just fly you out. Like John, c- condoms, weed, and cash is what he had in his car. No hey, coke that night. The dude, you had a, you have a fight coming up. What is wrong with you? Yo, this is how he prepares. Like he honestly thinks this is how he gets in the zone. He's like Tony Montana. Like when he's snorting the coke in the mountain. Like what? Yo, is- coke might be his secret. It might be like, you know, Jackie Chan in the, in the drunken joint, in the drunken wow. kung fu flick. He's The drunken master. He's the cocaine master. I don't know. The cocaine. John Jones, the cocaine, cocaine master. master. Let's go. He got time on his hands. Let's That's get a budget. I'll yeah. direct you, produce. We got it. It's Let's the remake.
2: T-shirts. Yo. That easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. But, all right. So, Back look. to 187. No, well, actually, let's go back to this Australia fight this weekend. Oh, yeah. Mark like, Hunt and Steve Miocich, And Mark Hunt got the brakes beat off him for five rounds. Yo, he fought three rounds with his eyes falling shut. Like, can somebody explain to me when enough is enough? I know Mark Hunt is a tough guy. But let's also recognize he's too tough for his own good. There was no way he was going to win that fight because he couldn't see. And he was fighting on Fight Pass. So it wasn't, like, a, a ton of people watching it. And the Australian contingency there, just they just weren't happy watching their guy just get demolished for five rounds. Like, when, do you, when did you say, you know what, let's stop this damn fight. You're going to kill him. Yo,
1: they could have stopped it after the third. I thought his corner after the third could have stopped it. After the fourth, the ref should have stopped it. And through the fifth before it was stopped, Dana White, damn, near should have been calling in yeah. like, like a bat phone. Like, he got to hit someone on the side of the cage He'd be like, yo, enough is enough. At the end of the fourth, Dana was like, man, he's a warrior. And then the fifth starting, he was like, nah, this, it should have been stopped already. Like, Dana, you know what? It's kind of your company. How about we uh, hit him on the line real quick and be like, yo, can we end this? Because this guy is going to get demolished.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Mark, it's, it's funny how and this is the problem with the UFC. And it's not necessarily a problem, but it's also what makes it great. Mark Hunt, too, not too long ago, was one fight away from a title shot when he fought Junior Dos Santos and got hit with that, that cuz he was on a run. He was on a tremendous run. And since then he's gotten thrashed. You know, and it's like how the mighty have fallen. Yo, he's that, 8 and 8. His MMA career is
1: 8 and 8. Live by the punch, die by the punch, right? That's that's it. He wants
2: to hit you before you hit him. And that's not the greatest strategy. Nah, and it's like now you look at him and say, like, I don't know where, where Mark Hunt goes from here. Steve A., you know, it was interesting. i like to see it. the fact that he pulled out his wrestling against Hunt, I think caught everybody completely off guard. Um, the heavyweight division is just so it's so funny right now because hopefully Kane can stay healthy to fight for Breeze Over Doom, and then we can figure out what's going on with the title picture because everybody else is just moving around.
1: Yeah, we're just waiting for Kane. That's all it is right now. It's a sit and wait, and we're trying to see – what Kane can do and what Kane we're going to get. And and we're hoping for the Kane that we all remember because right now it's at a standstill. It's been a long time. He's like Derrick Rose. Yo, he is Derrick Rose. Yep. Like if, if he shows us anything of a glimpse, it's going to be like Kane
2: is back. Yeah, exactly. Just like Rose in this playoffs with, with Cleveland. It's that's like, it. oh, One I game. forgot he played. Like, yeah. look at him go.
1: That, that's all he needs. We, They just want that hope. Like, yo, just stay healthy. We want to see you fight. He gets a win. He'll be the face of the heavyweight division, and honestly, one of the faces of the company.
2: Yeah, Kane, Kane's a great guy. If you ever interviewed him before, he's a great person to talk to. Very open. He's he's you know he's got the Mexican community behind him, so he's got pull. All right. So enough about Mark Hunt getting the brakes beat off him. This weekend we have there's a okay. This is a fight I've been asking for for years. Frankie Edgar and Uriah Faber. I've been asking for this fight for years, and now they're fighting in um, Manila. Manila. And shout out to the Philippines. Owned by Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. And uh, I just feel like this this, it's not as big as it's supposed to be. Like, this should be a big fight.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would have been a way bigger fight if it was on the undercard of a major UFC event. But this is going back to your theory, and Andreas hates this, that they put out too many cards. They do. And you downplay something like this by putting it right before a huge card. Or and what was pegged to be a huge card. This could have been an amazing fight. It's in Manila. It's in the morning. I don't even care that it's, it's in Manila. Se- but, 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 this shit starts at 7
2: o'clock for us. 7 o'clock AM. Here, here's my question. And I don't, I don't know, you know, somebody at the UFC had to think something about this, but did the people in the Philippines were like, yo, I want to see Uriah Faber and Frank Yeager. Was that their pick? Like, usually it's a hometown boy that fights Moon in that country. on the card. Yeah, yeah, but he's not the main event. Yeah. You know, it's like usually your hometown boys are made a, Like Gustafson and Rumble was in Sweden. And Gustafson got the shit beat out of him. But it was in his backyard. Like, I don't know if. if I haven't talked to Uriah. And I haven't talked to Frankie either. But I'm curious when they got this fight book. Because I know they were both like, hell yeah, I'd love to fight him. But I, Manila? 7 a.m.? Like, who fights at 7 in the morning?
1: Yo, it's. I've good never to fought be
2: wrong. anybody at 7 in the morning. At the bus stop. Yes, I did. When I was a kid, I fought at the bus stop. Aside from that, though. You win, win that, though? Yeah, I won.
1: Okay. Oh, listen, I, when I was a me. when
2: I was a kid, I was nice. Then I got too old, and I was like, I'm too smart to be fighting fools all the time.
1: You had the hands. Yeah. I, I'm interested now about this.
2: Yeah, I used to watch boxing, and I used to put my little my Ali impressions on, and you know, sock people. Yeah, I was a little, you know, did my thing, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point being is that this is this is a fight that people have been clamoring for, and I think this could be a great fight because. You know, Uriah and Frankie are two fighters that, you know, they're carrying this promotion on their back. Frankie's always been the, uh, the tremendous underdog, and Uriah has always been the face of the company in some ways. Yeah. Even back to his WC days. It's just a shame that I don't feel like—I feel like this card's being under service.
1: It really is, and you know what? People tune in. It'll take over. It'll get a little buzz on, on Twitter that night because it's going to be an amazing fight. Yeah. That's guaranteed. And people will go back, and they'll rewatch it, and they'll catch highlights, and that's the type of fight it has to be. Now— I wouldn't have minded, and I don't care how last second it is. Once Khabib got hurt, if they would have said, well, you know what? Frankie, Uriah, you guys got to go. You guys got to go. You guys will fight the next week. Let's build you on that card. Let's make it a super card. And now, Cowboy, Cowboy fight anywhere. Cowboy will come right now when we're recording the podcast to insert coins and fight. Cowboy, you headline this now. Yeah, he You fight. go to Manila at 7 a.m. and you fight
2: you're gonna win any damn way. Yeah, he's fighting Mcdessey, and nobody cares. But you know, it's, it's, everybody just wants to see Cowboy fight. It's um, again, it's just one of those things where you have so many cars. I know there's people, and we'll get to our mail back a little bit later. I know there's some of the, some people that said, nah, it's good. You know, you got to get into more households. But are you really? Who's going to be up at 7 a.m. except for a diehard MMA fan to watch this fight? Oh, I'm going I'm to be awake. Like, I'm going to be awake, but that's what we do. This yeah, is how we, we make we our have money. to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> now, so,
1: I mean, I'm going to be watching it with like a bowl of fruity pebbles, though. That's so, it's so early. Yo, some CT crunch? <sighs> that's, that, that's, that's what it's going to be. I'm going to be sitting there, basketball shorts on, CT crunch, watching the fights, I tweeting
2: mean, about it. And, and the card's not half bad. I mean, you got Gegard, Mousasi, and Casas Filipu, which could be a fun fight as well. Um, like you said, Mark Munoz, um, Neil Magny's on the card. So, I mean, you, you got a few things here that's that's interesting. You Neil know, Magny's um,
1: had, like, a nice little run. He's, he,
2: he definitely has. Yeah. Um, it's
1: it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if they can adjust. It's going to be interesting to see if, uh, you know, not having any type of hometown presence affects a fighter. Because that's key. Like, who are the fans even going to cheer for? They're going to cheer for everyone. Whoever gonna, lands
2: a punch. That's what I'm saying. It's so like, it's, it's fine for Manila. It's great. It's be even time, they're cool. But for us, it's, there's such a thing as too early to fight, right? Like, there's certain things that I wake up. Being on the West Coast, because I know you East Coasters, you wake up, you watch football in the afternoon. I wake up watch football early in the morning. 10 a.m. Yeah. But it's okay. I can do that. But for me to wake up and to watch two people fight, it's something my mind just doesn't wrap itself around that early. I've been wondering this, too, like, since I saw the time. Is that the time for the main card? Does that
1: mean prelims start at 5
2: a.m.? It's going to be retarded early.
1: Like, 5 a.m. prelims? Like, I don't know if I could be up at 5 a.m. And and I feel like I have to watch these fights, but uh, my DVR might be working. I ain't going to lie to the people. I'm going to have to DVR 5 a.m. fights because it's a Saturday morning. I am almost positive. I'm going to be out drinking that Friday
2: night. Like, I just can't do the quick turnaround. Well, like, for me, because, uh, you know, I'm a man of many hats. So, last week I was at the Rock and Rio Festival in Vegas, big music concert, Metallica performed. This week I got to do it again. Big Sean, Taylor Swift, hooray, covering it for Billboard magazine. And it's not going to end until about 2 in the morning. That means I would probably just have to stay up to watch this fight. And I'm not doing that. I'm, like, going to TiVo it, shut down my social media, and I'm going to wake up and eventually watch the fight. But it's just too goddamn early.
1: You are way too early, and that's, that's bananas right there. Like, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. But you know what another fight is that's not in this country, which is kind of weird, you know, figuring they're a big star. And I hope it doesn't get the same treatment as this Edgar Faber fight. Is the Ronda Rousey fight in August. Well. They put one of their biggest stars somewhere
2: else. Where do they put her? Well, they put her in Brazil. And she's fighting Beth Correa. Correct. Which makes perfect sense because you're putting Ronda in hostile territory. She is the champion. So th- she doesn't mind. That's her thing. She don't care. She's going to fight you anywhere. She's going she's gonna to beat Beth Correa in front of all these Brazilians who are probably going to be cheering for Ronda Rousey. But it's six
1: months of promo she's had. Yeah. Everyone's watching her. She just made Sports Illustrated cover. Mm-hmm. She is the most dominant fighter on the planet.
2: We'll talk about that in a minute because that's crazy talk, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, and you're putting her in Brazil where now you've built up all this stuff and no one can see her? Dude, everybody's going to watch it on pay-per-view. It's, oh, they're banking on a lot of people spending a lot of pay-per-view
2: money. It's Ronda. It's, it's Ronda fighting because you got to build this fight. Because Beth Correa fighting in Vegas or in L.A., it's not really the same. Because it's like, all right, Ronda Rousey's fighting somebody she's going to beat at home. Big deal. But now you put her in a hostile territory. You put all these variables in there. Then you go, oh, well, look, Ronda's got to deal with Brazil. And it's like. So, like, she, she can armbar everybody in the arena that night if she wanted to. But that's where the entertainment factor comes in. And I'm cool with it. Um, but let's go back because I need to get your pick. Who's winning uh, Edgar in favor? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. Yep.
1: Uh, Uriah. I, he's not finishing Frankie. Uriah by decision. And I feel like he can win by rear naked. But it's so hard to see Frankie getting finished.
2: Like, I can't even do it. I think Frankie's going to pull this one out. Wow. And and I'm a big Uriah fan. I've always been a big Uriah fan. However, Frankie Edgar's got the better boxing. Frankie Edgar's wrestling is severely underrated. Uriah's a great wrestler, too. Team Alpha Male. All those guys are great wrestlers. Um, But I think that Frankie's going to win on points. And it's going to be a very interesting back-and-forth fight. It's going to have its spurts. But the longer it's standing, the better Frankie Edgar has to pick him apart. And it's going to be a fun fight. It It could be a fight of the year. Um, and it, it, to say that to, you know, anybody who's listening, if you're up at 7 in the damn morning, Pacific time, you know, tune in and watch this fight. But I think Frank Egger's going to pull this one out. It's just my pick. Shout out to my 10 a.m. East Coast people. Right. Yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. have to wake up at the crack of dawn to watch
1: this. Exactly. It's a beautiful life for you guys. All right. Uh, before we actually bring our guest in, who is on their way, mm-hmm. let's touch on that Ronda Rousey joint because it, it's going to tie in. To actually, something we talk about with our guests. Right. How'd you feel about her being voted the most dominant fighter or dominant athlete?
2: The hell with being a fighter? Dude, the that's most dominant athlete in the world. It's ridiculous, all right? But it's true, though. No, it's not true. Ronda Rousey's not the most dominant athlete in the world. 15,
1: 16 seconds, 14 seconds.
2: Yeah, but she's. I can't uh, chug
1: a beer in that time.
2: That, and she is arm barred to grown women. All right. Listen. Or she knocked one out. Listen, listen listen, listen, listen. I'm going to say something. There's going to be a bunch of women that are going to hit my Twitter and be like, ah, you asshole. Yeah, get them. She armbarred a bunch of women who are not nearly as advanced as her in the art of fighting. You probably also think cheerleading isn't a sport. I will not comment on that.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. The women are going to hit you up. Yo, there's mad women that listen to our podcast. They I know this. All time. They're but going to crush the, you. I can't the, wait. Look, I'm not look, the look. bad
2: guy this week. Look, look. Ronda Rousey is heading, she's, she's better than her competition, right? But to say she's the most dominant athlete and put her in the same, like, she's not the most, she's not number one pound for pound in the UFC. Which arguably she should be. No, she shouldn't be. She fights, okay. She's fighting in a new division. The division has not been established for that long. And yes, she is beating everybody. Is her division any worse than Mighty Mouse's division? Yes. Look, Mighty Mouse has him and Dodson. But at least there's a Dodson. At at least, okay, let's let's look at it for what it is. Ronda Rousey is well-rounded. If you can look, with the eye test alone, if you can look at the other women in the Bantamweight division and say that they're well-rounded fighters, a lot of them are still coming along. She's just so far ahead of the competition that she's better than them. To say that she's more dominant than, say, a Floyd Mayweather, who hasn't lost in 18 years, That's ridiculous. But you're acting like the women's MMA
1: 135-pound division was created when the UFC bought it No, no, no. She obviously had to fight beforehand. She was dominating people before that. She's held titles in respected women's divisions. She has beaten really good fighters. She hasn't fought Cyborg yet. A lot of people haven't fought Cyborg yet. Shit, I might not have seen Cyborg fight without PEDs
2: yet. So we're splitting hairs. But what I'm saying is to say, to say that Ronda Rousey is a more dominant athlete than Floyd Mayweather right now is kind of insane to me. Is Cyborg beating Ronda when they fight? No, I don't think so. But we're at a point where Ronda has 15 fights. Mayweather has won 48 fights for 18 years. Ronda's been at the top of this division for a few years. You know, other people that were on the list were like LeBron James. That's cool. It's not a lifetime achievement. Who is the most dominant athlete
1: right now? Floyd Mayweather. This list can change next year. Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather is the most dominant right now. Yes. Ha- has he been tested? Mayweather? Yeah. No, not in – no. He hasn't honestly been tested. No. Okay.
2: He's and been touched and, to, and, to many people that's tested. And this, the argument that we always have is about Mayweather's resume, right? How many Hall of Famers has he fought? How many Hall of Famers has Ronda Rousey fought? I don't even know if they have women in the. They don't. It's So this is my point. She hasn't fought anybody where you can say, "Ah, that makes sense." Like now that Floyd Mayweather's put Manny Pacquiao on his resume and he's put Hall of Famers like De La Hoya, Shane Mosley, you have to call him dominant. It's not a lifetime achievement
1: award. I don't care. You call dominant. I know why you don't like Ronda. No, I love Ronda. I think she's the best. Okay, but I know why you don't rank her high on this list, Mm -mm. and it's because of your Rocky Marciano theory. It is. It came so early. Who have they fought? He was knocking out a bunch of bums. It's the same reason why you looked at me crazy and talked about me crazy for putting Rocky in my top five. It's the same reason you won't put Ronda as the most dominant athlete. Who has she fought? Look at her resume. Look at who she's beat.
2: It's not lifetime achievement. She is Demolishing people right now. Did you really try to validate your Rocky Marciano bullshit with the Ronda Rousey conversation? I have tied it in. It doesn't work. It works. No, it does. Stop. Bring it to the people. We're it's not going to do this. I hate on both of them for the same reason. No, I'm not. I'm not hating on Ronda. She's just. She's not, just, she's not giving not, her her just do due. She stuff. is not the number one most dominant athlete in the world. She's not. LeBron just lost the championship. Ronda I didn't say lose? No, but she again. If you're going to talk about dominant, like, she's beating two people, women in 15 seconds. Fantastic. But Mike Tyson used to blow people up. Was he the most dominant athlete of that time? Yes. People f- for consider- that weekend? Yes. No, for that, for that time span,
1: three years, he was the most dominant athlete in the world. Shaquille O'Neal, when he wasn't fat and overweight, you go from, like, 99 to 2001 in L.A., he was the most dominant player in the world. You're not going to say, well, he's not wilt. Or... Oh, you know what? Who's still playing at that time? Whoever the hell was
2: still playing Didn't matter, at that but Shaq deserved to be the most dominant athlete in the world at that time. He had rings. He did everything he had to do. Rhonda, look, if Ronda's not the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC, she cannot be the number one pound-for-pound athlete. She's up there. Don't get me wrong. It's but dominance. I don't care. You can, and, and that was a very childish way for me to respond. I do not give a damn. Throw, <laughs> I don't throw care. You, Floyd too. Mayweather is the most dominant athlete in the world right now.
1: I haven't even seen him truly. Okay, listen. He's an amazing fighter. We know where he stand standing on this. He was in my top five once again. He hasn't dominated anyone. He's made some people look foolish. He's made some people look mediocre. Has he dominated them? Do you understand, like, to be truly dominant, you got to be imposing. People have to see you and quiver. They shake. They say your name, and little children cry. Ronda Rousey is dominant. Women dread having to face her. They want to be number three in that division because number two has to face Ronda Rousey. She is that dominant. Nope. She like Shaq in a post. She like Tyson in his heyday.
2: No, no. She's not the most dominant athlete in the world. She's not. She's not. She's up there, but she's not. I hope people just rip you in the mailbag. I do not care. Yo, come, everyone, look, look, come for me. If anybody, if anybody knows me, come for me. At the I corner will debate pod, you to death. At I, the corner pod. Yeah. Give them, give no, them it, the address. The corner pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Email me, back. tell me how much you hate my guts. Try to make your argument. But until Ronda Rousey has Hall of Famers on her resume, she cannot be the most dominant athlete in the, in Who the world. Who
1: knows? Who knows when we're gonna
2: know which women are Hall of Famers? That's so unfair. Do, but do you look at any of them and say they're amazing? Not yet. Do you think you will? You think you're going to turn around and say, you know what? Misha Tate was fucking amazing.
1: Misha Tate was probably really, really good. Really good. Really good. Is Uriah a Hall of Famer? Yes. Misha Tate could probably be a Hall of Famer because she only taken ass whoopings to Ronda.
2: Misha Tate, look, okay,
1: stop. And Uriah only takes ass whoopings to champions. Anybody who has a belt. So they're in the same boat. So if we look up at the end of this in five years and Misha Tate only took ass whoopings to Ronda,
2: she has a case. Ronda's not, she's not number one yet. And we can argue this, and anybody who's listening, try me. She's not the most dominant athlete in the world. Okay, if you want to say for those two fights that she won, you want to say, okay, she's the most dominant? Right now. Nah. Currently dominant. Nope.
1: Andres isn't going to budge off of this. Not, you know, not at all. You know what? We'll drop it for now. Mm-hmm. We have to bring in our guest. Our guest is here the amazing Rona.
3: And the right hand woman at Tough Enough.
1: The person to know around here. And Tough Enough is happening on Friday. Tell us a little bit about Toughness and just what it is.
3: Um, we call ourselves the Future Stars of MMA. We're an amateur MMA organization out here in Vegas. Um, we've been around about 20 years. We've been in Vegas about 10. Um, we Basically, we put on a show once every month and a half, two months or so, um, and just get the amateurs a chance to get on the big stage. We've got lights. It's, a very, it's like a professional production, but it's, it's amateur fights.
1: And people get knocked out. So it's an amazing product. That's what we want to see.
2: So so what makes, for people who don't know, what's the difference between amateur fights and professional fights?
3: Yeah, I get this all the time. Amateur fighters, they do not get paid. So they're pretty much getting knocked out, putting themselves in the cage for free.
2: That's horrible. In the sense of... Not getting paid and not having health care and then getting beat up—that sucks. But if you have the heart, then we
3: have insurance, so we do oh. cover if they—if anything does happen to somebody inside the cage. Like, I mean, obviously it's going to happen. Um, we do, we do help them out. We're not just like, well, see you later. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Find out. your way home, man. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So we do take care of the fighters. Um, but yeah,
2: it's—they've it, got to start somewhere. Indeed. I mean, you got to. So let's talk about some of the names that have been through the Tough Enough Doors that people may know that have you know graduated to the big leagues.
3: Um, we've got Chris Holdsworth. He won the Ultimate Fighter. Um, he fought for us a few times. We've got, obviously, Ronda Rousey um, fought for us twice and won both of hers by armbar. Surprise, surprise. Um, gosh, there's so many. I just I can't even. I mean, John Fitch fought for us once before. Um, Marina. Marina Shafir, right. she's going to, yeah, and she just signed with Invicta, which is really exciting. Jamie Moyle is with Invicta. Aspen Ladd fought for us. She's with Invicta now. So, yeah, we've got quite a few names that have gone on to professional. Like good professional careers, too, which,
1: which yeah. is incredible tell us a little bit about Friday like where is it happening what's special about it you know I'll be there but let's let's tell the people to be there
3: I had I had to convince you to come out um, we're happening it's happening at the cannery in North Las Vegas it's off Craig Road so for all those people up in North Vegas that it's a little harder to get them to come down to shows you know further away for them so we've got that up there um, it's called Festabrawl, and they've done it before at the South Point it was before I was with tough enough um, basically it's food trucks free beer tasting and fights so it's kind of just a whole party, you know, atmosphere. Fights and beer together. <laughs> free beer? What? Free beer from 6 to 7. So you oh, got to come shit. out early to get, you know, take advantage of this free beer. And then by the time the fights start, you know, you'll be, like, feeling great. Shit, I might jump in the cage and fight, too, if I had
1: enough beer. Say no more. <laughs> free beer. That's That's not bad at all. Tell us a little bit about... International Fight Week. I mean, you guys have that coming up, and that's always a huge thing for you guys. Tell us what you guys are planning for that week.
3: Um, It's actually we're working together with the IMAF, the International Mixed Martial uh, Artists Amateur Federation. So we're going to be, we're like kind of the promoter overseeing their tournament, which is really exciting because we worked with them. The first time was last year. They they had their inaugural event. Um, So this week they're doing a tournament. Which um, the finals are going to take place at the Fan Expo, which is really exciting because it's like we're the only ones that like really get. I mean, grapplers is there and all that stuff, but we like have like real fights, like amateur fights inside the expo, which is just amazing and like such great like exposure for amateurs and you know Dana obviously before you know kind of boohooed amateur stuff, but like now we're like in the expo, so it's it's pretty exciting. So. How long have you been with the company? I've been with the company about a year and a half.
2: Were you an MMA fan before?
3: I... It's weird. I started out. I was a production assistant on The Bad Girls Club when they filmed just here, like MMA hey. and which uh, even weirder, they like had a thing in The Bad Girls Club where they went to tough enough to be ring girls. So they like did like a ring girl competition, that. and I a couple it. of the guys that I worked with on the crew of Bad Girls Club work for The Ultimate Fighter. So just kind of to like support them and be like, okay, I know somebody that works on this show. I started watching The Ultimate Fighter, and then from there, I just started watching MMA. So. It's kind of a cool draw to like get people to watch MMA because I was like reality TV and there's like cute guys. Like, sure, I'll watch it. And then from there, I kind of was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like it. Why'd you watch the Bad Girls Club? Who, me?
2: Yeah, you. You thought <laughs> I was gonna let you slide? Well, I'm married, and my wife. Like, we watch Ratchet Television. That's what we do. Like, we spend listen. You can watch Love and Hip Hop. You can <laughs> watch. We watch that Real <laughs> Housewives, maybe. Look, Bad Yo, girl, Look, look. Girls. The fights on Bad Girls Club. They are serious. Like, some of them girls should be in the cage somewhere. For real, for real. Rhoda's gonna put them on.
3: They're, yeah, they, they, those girls are no joke. Like, the house was disgusting. They, they, they're, they're the epitome of ratchet. They really are. I mean, yeah, weaves are getting pulled out left and right. Like, I had to take
2: people to go buy some more and stuff. It was, Wow. It was an interesting experience. My friend was on there, Camilla Poindexter. Was I there.
3: know her, yeah. That's
2: like the homie. <laughs> and it was like, she's so nice. And then I watched the show, I'm like, oh shit, you're beating people she up.
3: She punched some people in the face. Like, yeah, she had no problem with that. But she was actually one of the... She was great. She was really nice, but yeah, some of the girls I was like, "You're actually terrible."
1: Wow! <laughs> What's the craziest thing that's happened on Bad Girls Club? Yeah, we're getting off track. I don't even care. Like, I'm just interested. I don't now. even.
3: I mean, I only like, watched a couple seasons plus the one that I worked on, so I don't even know what the craziest thing would be. I have no idea.
1: Hmm. what do you see? Like, what you yeah, you had been... to be like there, right? Um, like, like your season. Like. Yeah,
3: like they they actually were. They some girl was like, "I want to leave," and so as she's like going to leave to go away forever they are like beating her like punching her like she's in the van they're like hitting her it's like this girl is trying to leave and you're like beating her up that i was just like you can't just let her go just let her go on her way no you have to like beat her as she's like leaving it was just like really Amazing. insane
1: what is the rating of that they complain about mma and it's violence and how is this on
2: tv bad girls club bad just <laughs> eight girls catching a fade at once Yeah, all like that's why I started watching. I was like, oh, somebody got beat up, and it was like another weekend. And I told him, I was like, hey want to watch this shit again because <laughs> somebody's going to get and it's horrible because i shouldn't be promoting women fighting each other unless it's in a cage. i mean because but...
3: yeah like you said with love and hip-hop and basketball wives and stuff they're all like oh we want to you know set a good example but then they're fighting of course and everyone's like oh you're making like black women look bad and like they don't say anything about bad girls club but i guess it's called bad girls club so maybe they're like oh it's fine
2: it's expected yeah. i guess if it was bad black girls club then we'd have an issue,
3: it's, <laughs> right it's just it's bad like girls all club. kinds of girls are fighting and hitting each other so that's okay all right,
1: let's bring it back to Tough Enough, I guess, you know, if we have to if leave Bad Girls Club. <laughs> uh, tell us about the Thomas and Mac event. That was probably my favorite Tough Enough event that I went to, and you guys are bringing it back, right? We
3: are, yep. June 27th, we'll be back at the Thomas and Mac. It's a free show. Um, I mean, obviously, we encourage people to – the tickets aren't up yet, but they will be on UNLVtickets.com, um, and you can just print off your free ticket, just come. I mean, it's yeah, it's a great time. You can just fit as many people in there as possible. Last time we We had about fourteen thousand five hundred or something. So um, yeah, it's definitely a great time, and it's cool for the fighters to get to fight in such a big. Because I mean, even some of the UFCs aren't fourteen thousand people. Like, so it was pretty exciting for us to get that many people there.
2: So you've met Dana White
3: in passing, like once. We were at the UFC offices, and he like came in to like talk to somebody that we were meeting with, and
2: and I didn't actually meet him. But well, what are your thoughts on Dana? Oh, in, in terms of not personally, let's say, t- talk about in terms of you said he wasn't a big fan of the amateurs at first. Right. But so he also
3: kinda, wasn't a fan of women either. That's what I was about <laughs> to say. He wasn't a fan
2: of women fighting. He's like so, turned over this new league. Exactly. So what do you think it is about Dana that turned him over? Do you think it's a money thing or do you think he, he got a chance to watch it? It was like, you know what? My opinions were all wrong.
3: Um, I mean, I kind of think it's a money thing. I mean, because Ronda probably bringing them quite a bit of attention, obviously it's getting eyeballs to the sport, I mean, maybe people that wouldn't normally watch, women possibly, are now watching because she's there, and um, I mean, yeah, just obviously, I don't know and just in reading recently about, talking about the UFC Fight Week, they're not letting a lot of different companies come because of the whole Reebok deal, so it's kind of like getting out there like, is it only about money? You're now shunning companies that you've worked with before because Reebok is you know, in the picture, so... It's seeming like it's a bit money driven, but obviously I don't know.
2: Perhaps. All right. So Rhonda Rousey, because she's fought in the Tough Enough twice. Did when when did you first see Ronda fight?
3: Uh, I don't even remember. It wasn't
1: it wasn't back in Tough Enough. But you've seen those fights. So I mean, I watched it on yeah. like the internet and stuff. Right. Like, do you see that? Like even now or whenever you watch it and be like, she's a star. Like. You think they knew she was Ronda Rousey then?
3: I think they probably did because, I mean, just like you said, just watching the fights there was like obviously the talent level was way beyond the people that she was going up against. So, I mean, I'm sure, yeah, they probably did. And just watching those videos too, like even her interviews and stuff, she was just so humble and like nice and like normal. It was like really cool to see like she's that good, but she's still kind of like shy and like humble about it.
1: Yeah, we need to get the girls that she beat in the amateurs just on the
2: show. I mean, they have to be here in Vegas, right? To be like, what is it like to be armbarred by Rousey? I mean, it has to be a little scary because at this point, she's beating people up in 15 seconds. And I mean, in tough enough, she didn't get out of the first round of any of those fights either. No, not even close. No. So. I,
1: listen, if I, <laughs> she armbarred me and beat me, I'm wearing it on my shirt. Every time she fights, I'm wearing a shirt with me getting armbarred on the front. Like, yo, you see this? I know what it's about. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But and then you'd be like, yo, so I lasted people, longer than this chick in the UFC. You uh, might not, though. That you mean, might, not. you yeah. might not. You might <laughs> not. You might not. Yo, Kale,
2: even though you're out of her weight class, she might get you. In like oh, she,
1: yeah. yeah. She'll judo toss me. Listen, 15 <laughs> seconds, though. 15 seconds. I'll do my best <laughs> so Mayweather impression. Do, yo, make run. it. it. I'm make running. It. Run. <laughs> run. I'm going to have the crazy
2: feet going.
3: I'm going to be dancing.
2: <laughs> and as soon as she catches me, it's <laughs> right. over. Right. Uh, here's a good question. So who's the biggest star right now in Tough Enough that you see is getting ready to take that next step?
3: Oh, gosh.
2: That's interesting. You guys Ooh. got some good people. That's here. A,
3: yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, well, we have Jamin Tayaba. He's on our fight card for Friday. Um, he she trains out of UFC Gym North um, up by the cannery. So he's been he's been with us for a couple fights, and I know he's looking to go pro soon. So um, I guess we'll just. See, Hopefully he can, you know, get a win on Friday. And from there, I know he's planning on going pro. Um, same with Caleb Contreras. He's been talking about going pro. Um, who else? Just a lot of the people that we've had have, like, since gone pro. Like, we've had a couple people that just, they won our belts, and then now they're pro. So it's kind of hard to just, to just say who's going to be coming up. But that's why it's exciting because you never know.
1: I remember, I think, seeing, was it Jamie? She won the Women's Tournament and got the Invictor contract. Yeah. Yep. Um, I forgot her last name. Moyle. Moyle. J- yeah, and she was a beast. Yeah. And just, like, you know, watching. I can't wait to watch her Invictor. She won her first she fight. She did. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: she won her first. Th- I think she's had two.
1: Yeah, she's had two. I think yeah. she won both. I, I, so. I saw her first one. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she's definitely a name, even though she's gone from Tough Enough, but right. it's only less than a year removed. She's a chick who really has it.
3: Yeah, we were so fortunate to be able to work with Invicta for that. Like, they were awesome for us to be able to, like, actually give girls, like, it's not just maybe you can go pro. It's like, no, you're getting a pro contract, and you're going to be a part of a pro company. And we're trying to talk to some other pro companies to do the same thing for, for the men. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was a really awesome experience.
1: Where do you see Tough Enough going from here? Like, what, what are your goals? Like, what do you want to see the promotion go and grow to?
3: oh gosh Um, we would love to be able to put on shows around the country not just in Vegas Um, obviously we know there's a lot of competition out there with other amateur organizations um, but we would love to bring our show to you know places that don't necessarily have a lot going on so we can like bring it and cuz we I mean we get people wanting to fight for our company all over we get submissions from New York and Florida and North Dakota and you know everywhere so and it's not always easy for people like that to like travel and come out here so we would love to be able to just bring it to them and you know just promote amateurs future stars of MMA from all over the country you know more than we already are but
2: it would be cool So I got a million dollar quest for you. Oh gosh, MMA is one of these sports. Like I love it, right? But it seems like minorities, like Black folks in particular, haven't truly gravitated towards the sport yet. Mm-hmm. Like we're still they're still working on this audience. Right? What do you think the disconnect is between the two? Is it because anybody who will go to an MMA fight will become a fan? But it's a strange separation between like the African or like the hip hop community. And MMA.
3: I really never thought about that. But um before I was with the company, they had Master P. He was like sponsoring maybe a fighter or his company was sponsoring. So I mean He did everything. That he was there, <laughs> he was there. Like Jeff has pictures with him. So I've never really thought about that because obviously there are black people that are fighting. Right. So you think that black people would want to go and watch. I, I really don't know what it would take to get to get them because like you said it's cool it's fun it's fun to watch it's exciting and i really don't know why it's not that appealing to them
2: Kel, what do you think i mean like all right i'm just gonna put you on the spot when's the first time you watched mma fight first time i watched was oh five
1: was it bj penn man it's before i think bj was just about to win the belt Okay, so it so might be like been, Sean Cirque or somebody like yeah, that. Yeah, it was '05 BJ Penn fight, and then I saw a Chuck Liddell fight because everyone was watching Chuck Liddell, and I was just over at people's house. Like I, I didn't order it. I didn't care right. if I was seen or not. They had booze, they had chips, they had pizza, and I was <laughs> like, all right, dope. Like I'll come over. You're we're like, just oh, gonna make we're a watching time something. Of it. All right, <laughs> yeah, <cool>. like, whatever. <laughs> and it was so different than boxing, and I just didn't understand how it was scored necessarily. Like you know, just being a sports fan, you kind of want to know what's going on all the time. Like I all all these other sports I know about and I can look and say this person won or that person won. And I remember just watching it and saying, Man, this guy got punched in the face a lot but somehow he won this fight. (laughs) And I was just like (laughs) and I didn't understand like takedowns and you know just control top control, like ground control, all this stuff. Like I didn't understand that. I just saw punches landed to the face. I didn't understand kicks and how those were counted. So it, it took a while. It really did. And I really had to watch it
2: continuously. And you get into it. And as soon as you get comfortable, you're hooked. Yeah. See, like, for me, like, I grew up watching kung fu cl- flicks as a kid. So, like, when anybody was doing, like, real-life kung fu shit, I was like, oh, like, <laughs> this is what I want to do. You don't have to use your hands anymore. Like, I remember watching the first UFC fights and Royce Gracie was ch- choking everybody out with his little gi. And I was like, who's this little guy that's choking everybody out? So it was interesting to me. And it felt like it was something that I, I grew up with, like being a Wu-Tang fan. Like, karate and kung fu is what I always wanted to do. I had a pair of karate shoes when I was a kid. I couldn't do shit, but I had a pair of karate <laughs> shoes. So I never understood, like, where's this disconnect? Like, like, we have this show, and it's like, the first thing people say is, like, two black guys talking about MMA is odd. And I'm like, what's so odd about it?
3: That is, so, yeah, that's very you know, interesting. It costs so. money.
1: It, it's, it's no different than why nowadays black kids don't play baseball. It's cause oh, a basketball costs two dollars. Like you go yeah, grab a basketball and play. Free, yeah. yeah, and in baseball you need a bunch of equipment. Yeah. In combat sports, yeah. MMA costs the most in all combat sports. You need a gloves. You know, training wise, they need gis for jiu jitsu. There's gi. There's non gi. There's right. you know boxing stuff. It's so much that goes into it in the training of mma that it gets expensive yeah, not and then wrestling's the, not the a classes, popular sport so.
3: going there having someone teach you
1: how you to know, do it headgear all this stuff it <laughs> yeah it costs a lot of money that boxing you you set up your little kid you slap box in the in the driveway <laughs> everybody's crazy uncle got the gloves and every <laughs> yeah. time you and your cousin got an argument you got to throw the gloves on and fight <laughs> so boxing is, is a little bit easier you know you got the old gloves with the stuffing out of them and all that and <laughs> It's still more of a, a street sport when you get into MMA and it's discipline, which Lord knows needs more of a presence in our community. Um, it, it's, it's just whack. Like, yo, what do you mean I have to control my anger? What do you mean I have to think during a fight? Like, I just want to be Tyson and knock people out. Right. So it that's where the disconnect starts. Yo. It's. It needs to change, though. I mean, we see more kids in wrestling, though. That's, that's the saving grace. You see black fighters right now, they come from a wrestling background. Yeah. Um, you're not seeing too many black people who just went straight jits on their way to the top. Like, either you're a boxer, you're like, hey, let me try to, you know, toss these hands but take people down because I'm big. Or you're a wrestler in high school and have nothing to do after high school and college and you want to go into MMA. So that, that's how we see the black community in it. It's not like we're growing up with it
2: still that was my random socially conscious question of the day. <laughs>
3: well, speaking <laughs> of like cost and things like that, that's kind of why our, our show is also great because I mean, it's they're amateurs, but you don't, do you want to pay $200 to go see UFC or do you want to pay $25 and you can be super close and see some quality fights, you know, from from the, you know, up and coming amateurs of MMA. So it's very I mean, doesn't matter how much money you have, it's, it's pretty affordable. And we've always got our $5 off coupons and, you know, all kinds of little things to help people out to make it more affordable for them to come to our show.
2: So shout out to you tough guys out there that want to fight in the streets. Come down to tough enough.
3: Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've got people that train in their garages. Like, as long as you can show us that you know something, you know, we'll give you a chance if you really, really want to get in the cage and show what you've got.
1: Andre said he's going to go. He's going to fight 170s. June 27th. No, I'm not June
2: fighting, I'm gonna not fight. fighting We're gonna anybody. We're going to train him over he's the summer. On. He's, he's going to fight on. 170s. I'm not <laughs> fighting it's anybody. It's he, he, he wants to. No, <laughs> I, I am an adult. He can
3: be a tactician. <laughs> I mean, you saw Spencer Lazara. He fought for us.
2: That's true. But
3: He's trained. He's, not he's trained. Not me. I'm not fighting.
2: <laughs> nope. I'm not getting embarrassed. You know what, <laughs> You're like man. a bigger version of Mighty Mouse. No, nah, that's all right. Dog. I'm not. No. <laughs> Kel, Maybe you, can get you guys can
3: fight each other.
2: Two different weight classes. Two different
1: uh, weight classes. Uh, yeah,
2: I'm just leaning on like them. I look like Cormier. <laughs> <in> there. like, <laughs> there's,
1: there's no hands being thrown, no technique. just leaning on them against the cage. <laughs> but, all right, Roda, thank you for joining us. Of course. Plug everything before you go, though. Let them know oh the gosh. fight this weekend, Thomas Mack, everything. Tell them about Tough Enough.
3: All right, yeah. We've got Festibrawl May 15th, Friday, 7 p.m. at the Cannery. We've got the fight week um, in July, so those, those tournaments will be really cool if you're on this strip we're going to be down there um, with all the amateurs international amateurs so that's cool um, June 27th we've got Thomas and Mac the free show I mean it's free so why wouldn't you come um, we're always looking for people to partner with companies sponsors you want to get in on our marketing we're always looking for people um, so just hit us up email me rona at Enough, or you know just go to toughenough.com shoot us a message um, we're looking for fighters. Always, if you want to fight for us, um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff.
1: All right, thanks for joining us, everyone. Stay tuned. After break, we're talking WWE, tons of wrestling stuff. And I need you guys to flood our Twitter and our mailbag account with hashtag Andres in the cage. We got. Why get would you this do this that? Going. Like, Andres is gonna fight, yo. This is I it. He looks you. like Mighty Mouse. We're gonna get <laughs> him in the You know cage. this isn't gonna work, right? It's, it's going to work. No,
2: because I'm, I'm telling you, nobody get, do that. If we get
1: over 100 retweets or emails, would you give it a shot? No. Give me a number. Give me a number. What do it A 1,000. 1,000. Wow. No, wait,
2: 10,000. Okay. No, no. I need a, to a thousand look, I need to push records. it out of there because there will be people be records. like, yo, I want to see Andres, Andres get his ass right. A 1,000 retweets or
1: emails, and Andres is going to find it tough enough. Stay tuned. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
2: Saturday, May 23rd, Hiatus Coyote, here with Insert Coins, performing the Choose Your Weapon album. It's the tour. It's hitting
1: Vegas. You cannot miss it. Tell them about it, Cam. Yo, Real Music, come out and support Insert Coins, downtown Las Vegas. You know, we're going to be here. You better be here, too. Once again, it's May 23rd. I better see y'all here. Word up. All right, what's up, y'all? We are back. And we are talking WWE. More specifically, we're talking Daniel Bryan,
2: former Intercontinental Champion. Yo, this, this is like the news that has been all over, you know, the wrestling world, is that where, what's going to happen to Daniel Bryan? And on Monday Night Raw, he dropped, he vacated his Intercontinental title um, due to injuries, which we've all known about anybody who reads the dirt sheets, and we don't know when he's coming back. Um, but my thing is... I think he's going to be back sooner than we expect. I feel like there was a little bit of work in this. And uh, it, it would really suck if this was the bane of Daniel Bryan's pro wrestling existence as he wins the title and his body doesn't hold up.
1: And it seems like this happens all the time. Even if he does come back, can they even put a belt on him? Have we seen the best of Daniel Bryan? Like, How long can you yes chant for a guy who's going to be here for two months, gone for six months? Here for two months, gone for six months? Like, even if his shoulder and his arm isn't completely done, it's like maybe it only holds up for two months at a time.
2: Maybe he has to be the tiny Lesnar. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're we're in this weird space right now with Daniel Bryan where it's like I mean, anybody who's watched his independent career knows he's one of the greatest pro wrestlers to ever step foot in the ring. And technically sound, he's entered, he's become wildly entertaining in the WWE and has this huge base. Um but he's wrestled so much that that body is breaking down on him. And we don't know, like, if, you know, Triple H, Vince McMahon, and Stephanie are ever going to be comfortable putting a belt on him. Um, but the thing is, I don't know if he necessarily needs a belt. You know? It's, he's in one of those spaces where he doesn't necessarily need it, but you just Mr. don't. Mr. Perfect? Oh, Mr. Perfect had the Intercontinental title. Like, Stop. Oh, listen, listen! Oh, excuse me. So, <laughs> no, no, so did Daniel Bryan. But but my but my thing about Daniel Bryan is the injuries are so bad where it's like it's hard to build any momentum. But there's another side of this story is that Daniel Bryan's entire career has always been about the chase in the WWE at least. It's never been about him being champion. It's always about him getting it back or getting past the B plus players. So I do think we're going to see him back sooner than we think. Um, I'm hoping at just. You know, it, it really sucks for WWE fans who never really got a chance to watch him. Hopefully, they do the smart thing and buy up the Ring of Honor library and put together the complete documentary. I think he's like a – I think he's he's a documentary waiting to happen. Like a oh, real yeah. documentary oh, yeah. about, you know, the bumps and bruises that these wrestlers take. And, and, the, and I saw that E60 special. It was dope. Yeah, and it was good. But, you know, if that's an E60, this is a 30 for 30. Oh, yeah. This
1: is – <laughs> this is not not optimistic no, so far. This is the cautionary
2: tale of he, taking too many bumps and bruises on the road. And, and that's the thing, if you ever watch Daniel Bryan and Ring of Honor or a Pro Wrestling Gorilla, like if you watch I, you know, like I said, I'm a big wrestling nerd, so P W G sells out is their compilations of all their the greatest matches since P W G's been in existence for over the, you know, over a decade. And the first match on the first D V D is Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe. And they're wrestling like in a basketball gym. And from there, it kind of it gives you a sense of where Daniel Bryan's had to be back when he was Bryan Danielson, the American Dragon, and how much he's worked on the indie scene, taking those crazy bumps in, in gyms with, like, 500 people there or 400 people there. And, and nobody really got a chance to appreciate him but diehard wrestling fans. Now he makes it to the big leagues, and he's done so much that his body is broken down. He can't give it to the millions of fans that watch him on TV. It's a sad story. Yo, we're going to
1: see this from a lot of people. Like, uh, not to go too far off topic, but Sami Zayn. Multiple injuries in a row. Well, yeah. And mm-hmm. you, you look at guys like that, and you're just like, wow, you have so much talent. You've done so much in the indies. But your style is not conducive to holding up. No, and and it is. And it's, it's true. It's, you know, it's, sad. it's uh, a lot of these guys are D-Rows. You put everything on the line so young, and it got you to the point where everyone respects you,
2: but now we can't even see it. No, I mean, you look at Sami Zayn, you look at Steen, who's wrestled for Kevin Owens, who's wrestled forever. You look at a lot of these guys, uh, Cesaro, um, who was Claudio Castagnoli in ROH. You look at a lot of these guys in the Indies, it wears you down. And you look at somebody like Daniel Bryan and you look at his style in the WWE, you know, like he dives through the ropes and the flying headbutts, like a lot of stuff he's got to stop doing. His body's not holding up. When you got to do house shows, it's hard. And it makes you wonder. If, like, he can't do any more house shows, by the way. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's becoming, you know, unless he really wants to, he's becoming that type of guy. It's like you got to protect him. You got to kind of, you got to, you know, put some bubble wrap around him when he goes out there to wrestle. Yo, you just have to talk on Raw for three weeks. And, and the thing about him is he's such a fascinating wrestler because not too many guys, and we, we all owe this to CM Punk. Say what you want him about CM Punk, but he made people pay attention to the indies. But anybody who watched independent indies knew who Brian Danielson was when he came to NXT or whatever the hell it was called at the time with the Miz and all that stuff. You knew he was much better than he was. And us as wrestling fans always wanted him to be better. Then he gets to the top. But all that he's given us all these years has been his detriment. It's the thing that's pulling him back. So it's like, where's the balance? It's
1: not going to be seen, man. And hopefully they can find a way to limit these injuries. And they build... I guess the main roster up enough to not have these guys do house shows every week, you know, and you don't have to do this every Saturday and Wednesday and, and craziness and just put your body through it. I think, they gave a crazy stat on Cena where he's wrestled like four times a week for the past three and a half years.
2: Yo, John Cena is this – he made a deal with the devil a long time ago. He's an animal. Because this man can wrestle and heal up as fast as anything I've ever seen. He's like Wolverine. Yo, he is. And he'll wrestle
1: night and day if you ask him to. By the way, he's had a couple four-star, five-star matches in a row. Like this yeah. U.S. title challenge, thing is the most incredible thing I've seen on Raw in, in years. Yeah, And he's just, every match is killer.
2: The Aaron Neville, Adrian and, Neville, I, I have to call him Adrian Neville. It feels weird because they take away, it's like, ah, oh, you know, Cesaro. It's like, they take away the first name, but whatever. Neville. It look, <laughs> but it was so good, and, and the finish was great because Cena ate the red arrow, and Rusev came out and beat him, so we'll never know. Like, they're, they're pushing Neville to the moon. They strapped a the rocket to his back, and he's taken off. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, him versus Barrett is the IC title match, right? I believe so. The winner yeah. of that gets the belt that yeah. was just vacated by Daniel Bryan. I mean, if, if Neville well, comes in and takes the IC
2: already over your boy, Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, there was a report, and I don't know if this this means anything, because anytime you see something that's being advertised, I've seen advertisers about Sheamus being the Intercontinental champion for like future cards. I don't know if they're put, planning to put the IC title back on Sheamus. I don't know why they would do such a thing.
1: God, I can't stand Sheamus. He's getting one hell of a push, though. So but maybe they want to push heels. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Too, too many nice guys. Maybe you push the heel and... and you try to do that. Lord knows what they're doing. I, I'm, let's talk about payback. I'm excited about the main event. Talk about it. Finally, Ambrose is getting a nice push. Which is great. Oh, yeah. And then you have all three members of the Shield. We talked about it last week, how I think the Shield is going to reunite. You said no. No, they not. But regardless of what happens, this is going to be one hell of a match. We saw a glimpse of it on Raw. Where now Roman Reigns isn't the odd man out all the time. He can actually go. He's putting together nice matches, even though he has two moves. I mean, that, that's the thing with Kane on Monday Night Raw was stupid, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah but no, I'm talking about the end of Raw. Yeah. You know, that, that was cool. You know, they gang up on Rollins. Everyone hates him, blah, blah, blah. Then he spears Orton. Dope. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they're going to tell a good story. Hopefully. And we know Dean Ambrose is going to give it his all. Absolutely. He's probably going to be the guy
2: who loses. He's going to be the one who gets pinned. But it's going to look amazing. Hopefully, I, I think so. I think that's that's the that's a very putting Dean Ambrose just took that thing from like yeah I watch it too like yeah I gotta watch this thing now. Ambrose is that X factor, and they have know.
1: to hear like the chance for Ambrose oh, and yeah. the amazing response he's getting, and that he shouldn't be buried on a mid card again.
2: Yeah, like it, there there's no more Rowan Ambrose feud. No, like. it, it's that that match is great. Uh, you look at the rest of the card um you, you mentioned the barrett neville match you got ziggler and seamus which i don't see any way that seamus is going to lose a second pay-per-view in a row um, no nah, no not gonna happen you got the new day versus tyler Kidd and cesaro which i'm actually really looking forward new to day hey they, they've done the right thing with turning them heels and putting Kidd and cesaro as faces because those guys work their ass off
1: i like Kidd and cesaro like you know, I, I i like them as the tag team and it's cool to see like the the Wyatt family boys back together. Thank they're, God, because
2: Eric Rohn was getting
1: buried. Oh God, the uh, face. It, it's horrible. But they're, it's shaping up. I'm not mad at the tag team division. You know what? They don't have a lot to work with, but at least they're seeing like yo, we gotta we gotta change some stuff.
2: Speaking of tag team division. What the hell is this, Curtis Axel, Damian Sandow remaking the Mega Powers with? Like, look, man, I, I thought we were we were getting to a place where Sandow was going to be, you know, respected wrestling. Now he's going back to imitating people again. Yeah, like, listen, I like Ms. Dow as much as the next person,
1: but that was like organic. That was funny. Yeah. Like it, it, it shouldn't have never been as funny as it ended up being. Yeah. Macho Man Dow is the worst shit I've ever seen. And you know, Curtis, Axel is worse than than this the black dumb. people. Like. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I feel worse for him than, like, some of the whack black characters that they bring. I'd rather watch primetime players than watch hey, this
2: tag team. Actually, primetime players, little, the little vignettes they've been doing with them have been very funny. And, <laughs> I, and, and big deal, Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil, he's, he looks like he could be something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really hope the primetime players get a real push. Yo, he reminds me of the dude from White Chicks. (laughs) Terry Crews?
1: Terry Crews. (laughs) He reminds me of Terry Crews. Like, I swear he's the same person. He stole his whole character from Terry Crews.
2: I mean, then we got John Cena and Rusev, which is like, whatever. it's the ending. Thank God, because I can't see Rusev continue to lose to John Cena. An I quit match? Come on. We know Rusev's going to say I quit. We know it. And Cena's
1: going to be propelled into the title picture, and they're going to play him versus... You know, I don't
2: think he's going back to the title picture. That U.S. title is going to be his thing. I think he's going to have some, you know, some good. He has good one record. hell of a shtick
1: on that, though. Like, I, every I like week, it. I tune in every week tomorrow yeah. to watch his open challenge.
2: Yeah, three hours is too long, but I actually I watch those open challenges. Now, they're going to run out of people from the face, but, you know, but you, you right think, now. but nah, Hey, just, bring Kevin Owens in next. <laughs> yeah,
1: like just title for title. Like they're, they're going to build it up, and I, I don't mind seeing it. Like Cena, he's doing some of his best work right now. And he, he's back he to, really like, having is. fun wrestling. I think that's it. It's not the pressure of yo know, sell a million T shirts to these little kids and wear the the main belt. Like, yo, you don't gotta carry the roster. Go out there, have fun and wrestle.
2: True. All right, so Kelly, I got an interesting thing for you. I proud on the web today and there's a um there's a win loss record that got released for all the stars in the in the WWE. Now <laughs> God. no undefeated this year. It's Chris Jericho, sixteen and 0. Six, I didn't even know Jericho was still I don't wrestling. know who compiles these
1: lists. Yeah. Whoever uh, does this, we think we're nerds. Yo. You think you're a wrestling nerd? This, Whoever made this list, this they, list need, they need some type of woman in their life. This
2: is as of May 10th. I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm going to run some of these things down to you. All right. And, all right. and we're going to see what we think. All right. John Cena's record this year is 57 and 4. 57 and 4. 57 and 4. Yo, Super Cena strikes again. Roman Reigns is 72 and 5. That's insane. Okay. Now. What? Now. He just lost. Here's where it gets funny. Because you got Daniel Bryan at 51 and 7. Randy Orton at 34 and 4. Ryback at 53 and 10. And then you have Sin Cara at 49 and 12. Sin Cara's been. been Sin Cara? Okay.
1: Sin Cara.
2: I'm going to keep going. And, and, <laughs> that's one of my
1: favorite wrestlers.
2: When you hear a name that's missing, let me know. Dolph Ziggler's 44 and 21. Our truth is 33 and 16. I don't know how. Wait, wait. R-Truth has a winning is record. 60%? Yes, 67%. That's ridiculous. Cesaro's 43 and 30. Neville's 32 and 26. Eric Rowan is 26 and 22. Big E's 31 and 27. What name have I not said yet? You've not said our boy, Bray Wyatt. No, I haven't said Bray Wyatt. That's because Bray Wyatt is 13-46 and 46 this year. What? Oh, God. Okay. Who do we got to write to? Okay. We're going to start picketing on all social media. There's another name that I haven't mentioned yet. Did you mention Dolph already? No, it's not Dolph. Not Dolph. Think about it. And when I talk about win-loss records, yeah. there's a name. He's got a lot of gold around his waist right now. Seth Rollins. What about Rollins? has he lost? Seth Rollins' record this year can't have lost. Is an abysmal 11 and 71. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I
1: can't even believe it. The face of the company is 11 and 71. 11 and 71. He is the New York Knickerbockers of the WWE. But he has the title. Yo, he only wins big games? <laughs> like, so you're telling me he only wins. On the night of a pay per view and the night after <laughs> on Raw. <laughs> Everything else he loses. Yo. Every house show he has performed in, he has lost. Sorry. And he's lost nothing but non title matches, and yet they sell
2: he's good enough to hold the belt. I'm sorry, he has <laughs> yo, the Miz is worse than him at seven and forty nine. But Seth Rollins is the champ. Like <laughs> I Yo, can't. He's second to last to The Miz. Well, not second to last. Uh, Thank God. we got Last place is Heath Slater, who is 0-34. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: God damn. Shout out to Heath Slater. Yeah. We me get him on the show. Yo. That, that's something I want to know. Like, if we, if we get an interview from a wrestler, like when we start getting these in and all this stuff, I need Heath Slater because I want to know what it's like
2: to lose every single night. But, dude, you're Seth Rollins. You're the champion who is essentially a jobber. That's it. Like, he is
1: creation of the authority. Like, Triple H honestly can't go every night, so he put Seth out there. And you know what? Seth is amazing at losing. And that's why we never noticed. I would have never told you that stat. Because he is one of the best losers. ever. He sells everything. Every finishing move looks like it's going to cripple him.
2: Yeah, I, I love how Seth – I just I can't believe it. I, I need to I need somebody to go back and find the Rock because the Rock used to lose all the time, and people forget Rock lost all the time. Really? Yeah. Go back and watch Rock on pay per view. He rock, the Rock lost all the damn time. <laughs> so I need to see a, a, an old year where I need a, a win loss circuit. But yes, Seth Rollins is is a basement dweller. He's lost six in a row. He's eleven and seventy one with a point one three four win percentage. <laughs> That's all I got to say about
1: that. Yo, we need fantasy sports for wrestling. Don't, yo, you people listen. Don't steal our idea. Because if you. look, what?
2: New Japan, th- first of all. It's wildly entertaining. Yeah. Thank you for showing that to me. I and I had sleep. to catch up. That's where you been. Finn Balor came from as Fergal De- Prince Devitt. Prince Devitt. Bullet Club. Yeah, so. This week, if any wrestling fans are out there and you get a chance to go on iPay-Per-View, you get to see Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling joint forces in a joint promotion. The shows have been selling out. Um, There's four of them, but two of them will be on Pay-Per-View. And the lineup is just so ridiculous. The main event of Friday Night Show has the Briscoes, Roderick Strong, and War Machine against uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, AJ Styles, and the Young Bucks. That's retarded. Yo, I don't even know how you fit all those guys in a ring. Like, what? I don't know either. It's going to be a spot fest. Yo, it's crazy. But then you got a, a four way tag match with The Addiction, RBG Vice, The Decade, and Red Dragon. Like, if you like wrestling, this is what you need to watch. You know what? I'm not feeling Red Dragon lately. Am uh, I weird? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly's you, great you to watch. You ruined
1: them for me. After
2: you called them the VOD villains, yeah, they are the VOD villains. You you really just changed my whole perception of their tag team. The, the WWE the NXT should fire the VOD villains and hire Red Dragon to be the VOD villains, just ASAP. Yeah, because the same that's gimmick, natural fit, natural fit. <laughs> uh, you also got on this card on the this stuff only the first show. You got ACH versus Nakamura, which was going to be amazing. Elgin versus Tanahashi. This this like great matches. Then on night two. You have the Bullet Club, AJ Styles, and the Young Bucks versus Okada, Barretta, and Romero, known as RPG Vice. That's going to be crazy. Okada's a weird dude. Okada's like, Akata, a
1: star. No, like, I've seen, like, four matches. I just don't even know how to go with Okada. man. Like, for yeah. some, I want to know more about his character. Is that weird? Like, and there's, like, such a language barrier, obviously, right. and everything. But just watching, like, his mannerisms and everything, it's, I just watch him be like, yo, it's so dope if he could speak English. Yeah, one like, day he will. So he could just, like, come <laughs> up. Like, I just want that same character. Like, and it's horrible, but if NXT completely bit that character for uh, Hideo, I'd be dope. Like, well, yeah, that yeah, won't happen. But listen, I'm just saying. But no one to no, know. no one, yeah. None the wiser. But, you Flag know, or Jack.
2: The, the, this entire Ring of Honor, New Japan thing is going to be, it's, it's, that's what I'm watching. Like, payback, yeah, great. Watching it free on the network for nine ninety nine, But this thing, like, dude, this wrestling nerds, I know some of y'all that are listening be like, I don't even like pro wrestling. Well, you need to watch it because this is going to be great. That's, that's what I'm going to tune into. That's what I'm looking forward to, and I'm going to talk about it next week. I'm going to be gushing over it. I'll probably be on Twitter talking about it. Yeah, yo, I'm going to watch it, too. I'm, I'm trying to watch, you know,
1: both days. And I think this weekend is not too busy for me, so... I'm glad to watch both days. I just got to do the Triple G fight. So, in between, God my morning is going to be filled with, with we wrestling. Didn't even,
2: we didn't even talk about Triple G because it's such a foregone conclusion. He's going to kill Willie Monroe. Oh, God. He's going to
1: knock him out. I forgot all about that during the boxing
2: segment. Yeah. Sorry, Willie. You're out of there, buddy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. So like, for me, I mean, like I said, I got to cover the Rock and Rio Festival. So, I, you know, you got Triple G. You got... Wrestling, it's a busy week for me. I don't know. I'm gonna have to try to squeeze it all in before the next show. UFC early morning. God damn it, you're right. We got the UFC we got early next morning. got everything
1: this weekend uh, and leading up to a busy week next week. Before we get out of here, though, we're testing out a new
2: segment today. Yeah, the mailbag. Mailbag, which, which doesn't even have a fucking creative name, but no, nah, no, nah, mailbag. You just send us shit and we answer. You no, know, you know what we have to do? We have to go,
1: mailbag rocks. Mailbag rocks. I'm not doing it. Come that. on, get the clap. Mailbag rocks. I'm still not mailbag. Oh, yo, we're gonna get them on this. No, all the people who write into the mailbag, we're gonna start the chant.
2: So, yes, we have a couple of questions, um, and I'm gonna try to paraphrase because I, you know, I love you. I love our readers. I mean, our listeners. But um, some of you guys write a lot, and for us to read all that, like I'm not a newscaster, so I'm I'm just gonna do my best. And our first question comes from Xavier, and you know, it's not too bad, so I'm gonna read it. What's up, guys? Love the show. It's nice to hear people who actually know about boxing and talk about the sea science. Thank you, Xavier. We appreciate that. The May-Pac fight generated the highest level of interest for a boxing match in recent memory. It was so hyped that people who don't usually watch boxing actually tuned in. We've said that. I'll use the example of my personal friends who watched the fight and thought that Pacquiao actually won Skip Bayless's uh, because he threw more punches than got upset when Floyd wins. I tried explaining explain to them that being aggressive isn't how a boxing match is scored, and they didn't want to hear it. I think it's because they only, their only frame of reference is MMA, where aggression can be the deciding factor in a close match. I don't even think he wins in an MMA match. No, nah, he doesn't win anything. So his question is, how can we see a return to the top of, for the sport of boxing when so many people just don't understand the sport? From what I've seen in my own circles, the fight of the century wasn't enough to get periphery fans interested, so what's it going to take? Good vocab word, by the way. I know, right? Periphery fans. mm. Shout out to you, Xavier. You went to a nice school. So, Kel, I'll let you handle that, and I'll piggyback off it.
1: Well, for them, the casual observers, to get back into it, I think it's moving in that direction. Give them free fights, build the stars on free television, and give them guys who can knock people out. And, you know, as hardcore fans, we want to see these guys in great matchups, and we want to see a matchup like Broner versus Porter, we want to see this stuff, but every now and then you got to get a Wilder versus a Nobody, so you can see the knockout so you can generate the interest, you want to see people dominate as good as you know Keith Thurman is, twice a year he's going to have to fight on free television and just knock out random scrubs, because that builds interest and that's something we saw a lot back in the day, everything was on free television they had great undercards, and you saw the future stars knock out people three times a year four times a year, so by the time they headlined against someone of worth, you had a basis already for them, and I think that's what needs to be built up, and I think that's what they're doing now, yo. They're, they're not rushing people, we're not going to get too many Floyd, Manny snooze fest anymore, the, these kids really want to throw down and thump, and, and we're building stars the right way.
2: And I think there's, there's another factor to this that I think we often forget, is that, not enough sports people are talking about boxing outside of the Mayweather-Pacquiao fights. So, like, this podcast, for instance, you know, we're doing one thing. It would be great if ESPN said, hey, guys, come on the show and talk about this shit regularly. Like, to hear Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith and, and, and to hear – who does Stephen – what do you call Danny Garcia? He, like, ruined his name. Yo. <laughs> he, like, ruined his name. But this is what I'm talking about. he did about. it
1: twice. Like, it, like, it right. could
2: have been a mistake. No, he repeated
1: that. And, and I I'm I saw that you online. You know,
2: and I love Stephen A. Smith, but damn, man, like, you got to have – Donald boxing Garcia, yeah, it was something like that. But you have to have boxing people on ESPN, like Dan Raphael's there, great. But you need to have them speaking regularly on your part in the interruptions, your first takes, because it has to, it has to slip into the, the consciousness in the mainstream. Big Dan's not even on TV that often. No, he's not. He's only on when there's like Friday night fights or when they pull him into a special segment. And Dan knows his stuff. Kevin Ioli knows his stuff. Lamb Satterfield knows his stuff. Like you get Steve Kim knows his stuff. Doug, Doug Fisher, shout-out Doug, my editor over Ring, loving Rosenthal. They know their stuff. But they should be on these major sports networks talking about the sport because they know what they're talking about. And when you do that, it may generate interest in the Canelo-Kirkland fight because you talk about it on first take or on part of the in- interruption the week of the fight. They're just being underserved. Boxing being underserved. Humble brag, humble brag. But, honestly,
1: that doesn't move the numbers because the demographics don't favor people – who've been covering boxing for 30 years and their character. Honestly, we are more of the entertainment demographic to be on TV talking boxing than other people because I can talk about you catching the thought flu and then flip it with some real hardcore stats. And Uh, that's what drives the needle. And you look at shows like First Take, who has a black moderator, who has hip-hop music as an intro, right, and that drives... The Democrat it drives the needle, his and hers that is entertainment. Bamadi Jones
2: goes on whatever show he wants. I swear he guests on every show because he's entertaining. Right, and, and but that's what you need. You need that. And you need people to be talking about the sport of boxing. Great fights are one thing, but if nobody's talking about them, it's like a tree falling in the forest with nobody around it, nobody hears it. So. You know, Xavier, that's, that's what I got to say to you, man. I we going to bring
1: it back, man. Yeah. We
2: got you. This, this is our job here is to, you know, try to bridge the gap because, you know, young people just, you know, NFL, NBA, not baseball. But, you know, we're trying to bring you guys back to the sport and make this thing interesting again to make it fun and things to talk about. So... Um, yeah. Shout out to Xavier. We got one more. One more, and it's... it's Gregory. Yeah, and I'm not going to put you all the way out there, sir, because you have a lot of questions, and I appreciate every one of them, and I think we may answer some questions later, but we're running short on time. Um, the question I do want to tackle is the one I, I like. He, he asks, do either of you feel that older boxers going 15 rounds back in the day sets them apart from today's fighters? I'm going to answer this one f- first. Yes. Anybody who fought 15 rounds back in the day, I mean... The sport was far more brutal. And, you know, to go 50, to look at Sugar Ray Robinson go 15 rounds and to compare it to Floyd Mayweather going 12 and the the frequency that these guys fought, yes, it does put them on a different level. And I think that's why so many historians will not put a Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao ahead of them because they didn't fight as often. Sugar Ray Robinson fought damn near 200 times. Floyd will never fight 200 times in his professional career. What do you think, Kel? Uh,
1: I think that's unfair, though. Times change, athletes change. Bigger, stronger, faster. So why aren't they fighting 15 rounds? Because it's bigger, stronger, faster. You're going to just get punch strong. Like, you, you think of all the, all the hits they took back in the day and everything. And sure, the elite fighters were really great. And you go 15 rounds with them. But the other fights they had, they weren't going 15 rounds with Ray Robinson five times a year. You know, it, they had some, some ringers. They had some jobbers in there. They had some guys where, you know what, you go out there, you make the money, you cut the check. We're, we're just fighting to keep you hot. Triple G does that still. He fights in, like, Morocco twice a year just to stay hot against someone who doesn't really matter and he collects a check so you can go 15 rounds and you know you build up your stamina twice a year to fight someone of worth can't do that anymore everyone's bigger stronger faster you're fighting guys who probably are 10th now who are athletically dominant to the people who fought back there maybe they're not as skilled they're not as great as boxers but athletically training wise and everything are better athletes. They're physically
2: stronger. Your body
1: can't take that.
2: But the question is, does it set them apart from today's fighters, those guys who win 15 rounds? Unfairly is the question.
1: Yes, it does, but it's unfair. But why is Unjustly, it Unjustly because you just can't do it anymore. You and can. I wouldn't be surprised to see boxing in the future go down to 10-round title fights. And then, But that's all about protection. That's why I'm saying it sets these guys apart. That's fine. The NFL guys are, you know, Oh, Lombardi, or the Lombardi days were so much tougher. You have uh, Butkus and all these guys. Like, come on, like, sure. Well, I mean, was and the NBA
2: tougher 20 years ago? Way tougher. So does that NFL set them apart? NFL was
1: tougher 40 years ago, too. Great. If Joy- it sets them apart yes. unjustly because those guys weren't running four 440s at 290 pounds like the Davion Clowney or Julius Peppers. You can't do it. So QB can't get hit as much. But you have to have rules to protect them. in basketball. I love Charles Barkley to death, but him versus Charles Oakley is a lot different than Dwight Howard versus DeAndre Jordan. You can only do it so much because people are so much more talented, so much stronger, so much faster. You have to put rules in place to protect the athletes because I think the athlete's mindset doesn't change. If you tell boxers right now to go 15, they'll go 15 and they'll get punched for 15 they will by someone who's stronger you have to protect them from themselves so it's, it, it's unfair you you want them to go 15 you go right now yo you want to go 15 they're going to go 15 are you paying they're going 15 rounds we don't ask them to it doesn't mean that they're different it doesn't mean that they're less tough it doesn't mean that boxers back then are better it's just we don't ask them to because we're
2: protecting them from themselves so it's unfair i just say i regardless i think it sets them apart Fifteen. Anybody who fought fifteen rounds back in the day fought as much. They as ain't know did. no better. That's that's the only difference. Hey, you ain't some, know no better. It sets them apart. My exactly.
1: grandpa walked to school three miles every day yeah. back and forth. Damn near
2: barefooted. I he mean, ain't know no better. But I rather walk to school five minutes in my jays. But let's be real. Let's be let's be let's keep it one hundred right now. Kids today. Athletes today are not as tough yo as they were. Hey, let's just be completely honest. It's not It's not the same. You get scared of kids getting a freaking scab. Like, you get a scab, it's like, oh my God. Like, yo, it was It was rougher back then for a reason, so I think it definitely does set them apart. I don't think a lot of these kids could survive in that climate. I don't think, Look, like, if LeBron played against the Pistons before he played for the Heat, if LeBron was in Cleveland playing against the Pistons, they the would have beat the shit out of LeBron James. They would, dude, they would abuse LeBron James. And it, either LeBron would have had to step up, step up and be tougher, tougher, or he would have been weak. Now, Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan played today, he probably would have averaged 40 points a game with all the, those damn rules. It's not true because people are longer, they're faster,
1: defensively they are better. I don't Do think you it see mattered. some of the people he went against defensively. He's not going against a Jeff Hornacek. Do you understand? Byron Russell was playing him. Byron Russell is probably the least athletic man in the NBA today if he played. And this is the guy guarding Jordan in the most important game in that series. So,
2: who are these defensive wizards in the NBA today?
1: He ain't getting around Kawhi like he got around Byron. You don't think so? No, he is not. With, without that, not, not with that amount of ease. Not not to the difference of twelve more points per game. Look, the he ain't rules. Getting around LeBron, twelve points. More you can per
2: hand game. check in the NBA back in the day. You could put a they hand were on slow,
1: slower him. than they are today. So, if you can't put a hand on Michael Jordan, you don't think he's blowing past you? No, cause you are bigger and faster.
2: You think Kawhi is bigger and faster than Michael Jordan? Than Byron Russell, who was guarding him, correct? But you look at the defensive Wizards of back in the day, and I know that we, we, we veered off on boxing yes, here. I don't care. But this is our podcast. But you look at the defensive Wizards of, of back in the day, and you're going to tell me that the, you tell me the kids today play defense like they did like, better than the ones that played back in the day. Athletically, yes. No, I don't care about athletes. Yes. I'm man talking about man for
1: man, one person per one person. Yes. Hell no, you're crazy. Yes. They were dirty. They had old man game, but and, they weren't better. And that old better. man game worked. Mark Jackson right now would get worked. Woody in the post worked. Not, he, not at a post. Going in the post. Guys ain't going in the post.
2: Mark Jackson gets worked on a perimeter by any point guard in NBA right now. Just because these kids are faster, just because these young whippersnappers are faster, don't make them better. I, and I, I disagree.
1: I, I think they are better, and we just ask them to do things differently. So you if think the climate was so that we demanded what they demanded back then, they are more than capable of doing so. so are they soft because culture has made them softer? Yes.
2: Sure. But if we demanded it of them, could they do it? Yes. I don't think so you got to be conditioned to be like that. I, I guarantee you that the Pistons would have beat a lot of these players out of the league. <laughs> Bill Lam- Look, Bill Beer wasn't athletic, but he beat the shit out of you if you came in the lane. Charles Oakley did the same thing. Anthony Mason did the same thing. It's You have to set these guys apart. doesn't necessarily mean they're better, but they're different. They're a different breed, and... Same with boxing. Guys who win 15 rounds, the Sugar Ray Leonard's, the Hagler's, the Hearns. Dude, Victor Ortiz ain't going 15 rounds with nobody. Victor Ortiz can barely go four rounds with somebody. But that's somebody. what I'm saying. But these guys were breeded to be the next generation of superstars. Adrian Broner's not going 15 rounds with none of those guys. Floyd Mayweather's a different class of athlete. And LeBron James is a different class of athlete. Some of these guys are Transcendent. Ath- Some of these guys are athletes. But, like, Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan because he still plays the same goddamn way for the last 20 years. And he's still a top player. Playing the same type of basketball. Fundamentally sound. Kids aren't fundamentally sound anymore. No, it's just like boxers. Boxers,
1: the, the vast majority, that's what makes Mayweather that's, Mayweather. And that's the my mass, point. The vast majority aren't fundamentally sound. And that's my point. Like, but we're not asking it of them. We don't and have, I think Keith Thurman knocks out a lot of those guys. We don't have a time capsule. But I we wish bring we did. Keith back to the 80s, drop Keith in, and be like, yo, fight 147. He's making even some of the greats look silly. Like Tommy Hearns? Oh, Keith gives him the business. No, you're nuts. Tommy it's Hearns. a different time. Keith <sighs> gives him the business. Nope. Nope. And I'm not talking Keith growing up there, Keith. I'm talking Keith right now training in twenty fifteen and we drop him there for one fight. Boom. Fight right now. And gives fights, him the business. And
2: fights. Tommy Hearns was like six three with a ridiculous reach. For fifteen rounds. For fifteen rounds. Yep. Bigger,
1: stronger, Getting- faster. You think he's stronger than Tommy Hearns? Bigger, stronger, faster. Better training, better eating, better knowledge. He wins. No. No. See, Who's this th- is why
2: this is what the mailbag is for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, I mean, fuck it. We might as well just keep going. Who's the greatest running back in the NFL history? Barry Sanders. You think that Barry Sanders? Barry Sanders is better than Jim Brown, yes. Do you want to cut to I, the No, James? I'm not even doing oh, that. Oh, okay. If Barry Sanders, is he better than any running back that's that's out here today? I I believe so.
1: But he was A different breed like he wasn't the traditional running back then so I think he's more he's the rare case where he's more fit to play today than he was back then Steve Young would he been a great quarterback in the NFL today way way more fit to play today than he was back then Steve Young if Russell Wilson could go to -to back-to-back Super Bowls and win one lose one Steve Young goes to four because Steve Young was that much better than Russell Wilson at the same type of game. And Steve Young wasn't – they didn't understand how to use him for so many years. Oh, well, yeah. He so, played backup. Yeah, and it, it, took, it took an offensive genius to tap into his potential because people didn't even understand that. Barry Sanders the same way. You put Barry Sanders in a Philadelphia Eagles offense right now, the numbers are astronomical because we just saw what Shady did. A- and Barry's so much better. So people sometimes are ahead
2: of their time and athletically and physically. Which is, which is fine. Like we, so, so my point is this. We know athletes are bigger, stronger, faster. They run faster 40s. Correct. But they, I, I do not believe they possess the same heart as some of these guys did from back in the day. And that's what sets them apart. Doesn't necessarily make them to better. To me, it's nostalgic. Uh, no, it's not. If you lived it and you watched it, there's certain things that I won't agree with. There's certain athletes that would be like, oh, he would have Like centers in the NBA were different in the 80s and 90s than they are today. You know, they, like DeAndre Jordan. I don't know how far you get away because they beat the shit out of DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if he. But it's top fifteen back then. I mean, to say that you know, a fifteen round fighter isn't set apart from a twelve round fighter today is crazy. They, they are just asked different. to do it. It's three rounds. Three rounds is three rounds. You get punched in the face? You think three rounds off of Muhammad Ali's career might have saved him? with oh. those, those wars with Fraser. God, it would have been way better. The and they should have stepped
1: Norton? in and said, "You know what? I think 15 is a little much."
2: I get it. For the safety of the fighters, these rules are put it in would for the safety of the their
1: career and, and all these things. Ali might not have been, you know, bless his heart, shaky Ali right now. Yeah. Like, uh, health-wise, he
2: might have been better and that would have been great. But bottom line, it sets them apart. They're different. They're just different. I don't give they a they damn what you say. I just to do something different. I, but it makes them different. If you don't if you don't ask somebody to do something, I mean, people if, always hungry. People always starving. People's always
1: broke. So I, I don't know what sets them apart. Besides the inconvenience of maybe not having technology and a computer and world star hip hop. Outside of that, I, mean, I don't that's know a what big sets you apart. That, that changes a lot of these things They kids. had other stupidness that people thought like were what? unnecessary back then. They had radios. Like, you got a radio? You got a boom box? Oh, well, get that out of here. I mean, kids don't even play
2: outside today. Th- that's, that's, that's ludicrous. Th-
1: kids don't play outside. No, it. they I don't. I almost hit two kids the other day
2: running in front of my damn car. But for the most part, kids are glued to cell phones and all these things. It, it, it's different. Athletes are different today. They're not – LeBron James can go back and play in the, the era. Michael Jordan can come forward and play in that era. Correct. You know, you have great guys. I mean, Allen Iverson, you know, that was 97. You know what I'm saying? That's almost 20 years ago. You're an old dude right now, by the way. You I, are just – Hey. Woof, we've hey. aged you 40 years in this podcast. Hey, you, you could try. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I grew up – as a three-year-old, I was watching football. Like, that was my, I, I watched sports. Like, you know, random thing is, is video games helped me with sports. By playing John Madden football, before they had their names on there, and I used to write all their names down so I knew who was who. Completely agree. I did the exact same thing. You know, so, like, so I've always watched sports, and I've always been able to talk about sports, and boxing specifically, and MMA when it came around. So I can look at these guys, and not, it's not nostalgia. Like, I won't say somebody who I've never watched fight is going to beat somebody that, that I've watched fight for years. But there's athletes that are just different. That doesn't mean the entire league is different. But I do think with less teams, with more quality players playing for certain teams, the NBA, it was a little bit more rich back in the day than it is today. You didn't have the, a lot of these seller dwellers, you know, jockeying for lottery picks. Hell, the college game isn't even the same anymore. It's not. I mean, it's diluted, obviously. But even the people now who
1: flame out and can't make the NBA would have been hell of a back then because athletically it's just
2: a difference. We all evolve. We all get better. It's mental, too. I don't think a lot of them mentally were ready. And I don't think a 15—somebody you put a James Kirkland or you put a Keith Thurman, you put a Robert Guerrero, and you tell them to fight 15 rounds, I don't know if they're mentally ready to do that. We have more whiners now than it, we ever did. It is did. the norm. They don't know any different. That's, and that's what I'm saying. That's why 15-round fighters are different. Because if you ask somebody to fight 15 rounds today, they're not going to do it. They will. You They're going to the cry. They're going to say, oh, no, I can't do that. I might get hurt. And some of them
1: just you can't do it. You institute right now. We're going back, 15-round title fights. Everyone's just going to vacate their belts, say, yo, no. here,
2: take this. I'm not going to fight. Some of them are. Some of them aren't going to cut not it. Not one. Some of them aren't going to cut it. Lucas Batiste, Ruslan Provodnikov is a perfect example. If that fight was three rounds longer, Lucas Batiste might have been on his back. You train different. That's like like big knockout boxing. We just went to that shit. It's like what, like ten rounds, two minutes around. Yeah, it's different. It's different. You say, oh, okay, fight for twelve rounds. Gabe Rosado's a different fighter in BKB than he is in real boxing. It's different. It sets him apart. But he does. If you
1: ask him to fight 12, he's going to fight 12. You tell him to fight 10, he And he'll get fight his ass kicked. If you ask him to fight 18, Gabe's going to fight 18. And he's going to get his ass kicked. He's going to get his ass kicked regardless. <laughs> but the heart and the mind is still going to allow them to do it because they're fighters. Damn it to hell.
2: Thank you, Gregory. We're like, we're, I know we're, like, way
1: over on Yo, time. Yo, way over on time. Yo, thank you guys for staying t- just tuned in to us. And this is probably our longest podcast ever. But you know what? We, we felt like going long this week. We had a lot to talk about. Yeah, we did. It, it is what it is. Hopefully, you guys were thoroughly enjoyed. Or uh, entertained right? during this podcast. I know I was. Thank Me you guys too. for listening to us. Next week, we're coming back with even more guests. Yep. Even more talk. A busy week. We're going to see if Andres, old man Andres, makes it after this weekend of uh, rocking Rio and
2: all this boxing and all this stuff. Hey, bro, I've been built for this shit. I've been doing this shit for years. I'm just kind of over it. That's all. I'm jaded. He yeah. is. All yeah, I, these young kids. I'm jaded. I'm jaded. Anyway, follow me on Twitter, Andreas Hale. Instagram, the same damn thing. Kel, give me your shit and then tell at me. At Kel Dansby, Twitter, Instagram, The Corner LSN
1: on Instagram and on Twitter. The mailbag is thecornerpod at gmail.com. Give us questions like this so we can have long-winded Conversations
2: And let us know what you think. about it. Let us know what you think. Let me know that I'm right. So Kel can be wrong. Tell us on Twitter. Tell us on, you know, shit. Some of y'all might be guests if you come with... A, if you email and say, Andreas is right, you might be a guest on the show. Listen,
1: we're eight episodes in. The people know that I'm right. And Andreas is
2: crazy as shit. All right. That's time to go. Bye-bye. We're out of here. Later. I wish I could keep feeling.
1: I wish I could keep feeling. Uh-uh.